Welcome back to the Dronalicious Show. I am Zoe FPV. Uh, joining me, we have a full house tonight, full of some amazing guests. And as always, I've got Santiago, my co-host and cohort. Hey, how are you, everyone? Thank you for joining me. Yeah. Another um, episode of the Dronalicious. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually cool. So this is our fourth episode in all of about a week. So thank you all that have tuned in, like the show, shared, subscribed, and all those amazing things that you do. I really appreciate it. Uh, on today's show, we have just a couple things to kind of go over before we get into the main meat of the show. Um, if you haven't uh, watched the show yet, uh, check out uh, the show on Airviews uh, slash users slash Zoe FPV. I post everything up there. Uh, if you're more into the audio, check out Journalicious on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, also, watch live on twitch.tv slash Journalicious. Uh, that's basically where you can chat with everyone right now, uh, as we have Tor Odinson, Scrat FPV, and a few others, I think, in the chat room already. Thank you all for joining. Um, and it's really cool. This is a neat way to interact with the audience, and this is kind of where we live. Uh, so every week, 7 p.m., uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And coming up this weekend, I have a really big event, uh, Maker Fair with Drone Sports World, uh, hosted by Aero Sports League. I'll be hosting the Cage Freestyle event. I've done a lot Whoa. to make sure that uh, the freestyle pilots have an equal say this year, and we have equal time on the course with the rest of the event. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, we'll have some dedicated judges, uh, basically some of the same format that we had at the last event that I hosted, same kind of rules, and I'll be flying in this one. Uh, pretty much from exhibition, just because I want to get some cool footage and show what 3D is all about. Uh, make sure you join in on uh, ASL with uh, meetup.com if you haven't. It's a great way to... And if you haven't been on Meetup before, check out meetup.com. There's plenty of drone meetups all over the place. It's a great way to connect with your community. And today's episode is all about community. Uh, coming up next weekend, we have X-Class's second race, Race 2, on uh, May 27th. Yeah. May 27th in New York, California. That's going to be some giant X-Class quads going around. Uh, a really cool course here in California. So if you're in town and you are looking for a fun fly barbecue event, please come join us uh, this holiday weekend. And then immediately after that event, uh, Angela and I, I think, have this really awesome Dover race event coming up uh, with the IDRA. <laughs> I am going to be running on fumes by this time. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, this is the next event coming up. We'll be talking about that as we get closer. And uh, I think we have like an open. I, I, I'm just going to put out there. If 
you're a female pilot and you want to join our team. Angela and I are looking for more female pilots to <laughs> join us in our crusade to take over uh, uh, Dover Stadium. So please join us. That'd be awesome. And finally, getting into the main show, I have some amazing guests. We have Angela from FPV Racing Mexico, Ruben from Sweep Wings, <laughs> and Sean from Bullet Drones, and of course, my co-host, Santiago. So this is probably the most like individual yeah. guests we've had on a show, which is kind of new for us. Yes. And... It's kind of an interesting topic. I mean, there's a few topics to talk about. One, I wanted to talk about kind of, you know, the all-female drone racing team Angela and I were uh, really trying to put together. Two, I wanted to talk about uh, wing racing and kind of like where Ruben wants to take that and where he sees that coming next. And Sean with Bull Drones, like I'm really curious about like his frame designs and I want to talk about kind of the Excalibur a little bit and the process that we went through to get to that frame because that was, that was quite a process. And now that the frame is out, everyone is doing the dropped battery. Like it's, it's kind of irritating. Like the, the frame design, I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing the inspiration on everything. So I want to yeah, talk think, about um... that. Um, so yeah, let's kind of get into it. Uh, Angela, please, for those that don't know about you, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing with FPV Racing Mexico. Um, hello, thank you for having me here. Uh, this is really nice. I did not know who was going to be joining today and it's a very nice surprise. Um, I really like Ruben and Sean and Santiago, so it's like, yay! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I really respect this, guys. And, um, well, right, right now, um, I'm currently uh, working with FP Racing Mexico. It's an organization that uh, runs races in the country, and we've been doing this for about two years and a little bit more. Um, and it's been quite a journey. And... Um, we're going to be doing something really amazing very soon, uh, which is the Latin American Championship. It's the first time that a bunch of countries in Latin America are going to get together to race under the same standard. And it's going to be pretty fantastic. And we're also running uh, local races all over Mexico. We're having the National Series right now. And, um, you know, we do a little bit of everything because that's how it is when everything's, you know, in the we're we're like a sport in diapers right now that's what we are and we're running races like i'm a race director and then i'm a pilot and then i'll be getting water for the pilots and then you know i'll be setting up the track so that's what i do and currently i am working as a latin american coordinator for multi-gp so just you know checking that everything runs smoothly for the championship and the uh, we're gonna have some really amazing big races by the end of the year that I can't tell you much about yet. But uh, <laughs> I, but yeah. I love that. We're this is like some... the NDA uh, yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much stuff on this show we want to talk about that we just can't talk about yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I hate to say that, but uh, we're we're really cooking some big things. So um, that's that's basically what I'm up to right now. But yeah, I've I've been a pilot for about. Two years and a little bit more uh, an FPV racing pilot, but uh, I've been flying so little. I mean, <laughs> I wish I could fly more. 
But anyways, that's me, little A. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you on that, yeah. though, because like up until like the end of the year, I was wholly focused on being a pilot. And now I've kind of started doing a lot more organizing and finding time to keep being that pilot is becoming harder and harder. Um, that yes. being said, I'm glad I was able to get out and fly every day the last week or so in preparation for events coming up. But yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to wear both hats. And I appreciate the fact that you do. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. So thanks for that little intro. Uh, Ruben, tell us a little bit about yourself to my listeners, because I'm a dirty, dirty quad pilot and you are the big wing pilot. And, you know, people might uh, not know what you do or might think that you play with little cardboard wings. And I, I, I play video that. games a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I, just, I, just, I was doing my daily on WoW, so... <laughs> Oh, crap, it's almost time. I gotta go back. Um, uh, I've been I've been in the the uh, kind of FPV community uh, since since about 2013, kind of like in its infancy uh, when it started to get real popular. And uh, about that time, um, I was interested in in FPV and getting started. So I, I wanted to make my own uh, airframe. And because a lot a lot of the manufacturers out there, uh, you know, they didn't really fit my expectations on an aircraft. And uh, so I decided to make my own in 2013. Uh, turned it into a company uh, about 2014. Bless you. Thank Bless you. you. Sorry. I was, you. I was trying to like pause the audio, but I couldn't quite catch it. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, so I've been doing it, uh, you know, since then. And um, I, I, I just wanted to basically, I was making frames for myself. And um, a lot of my friends really liked it. And so I was like, yeah, okay, let's just, you know, I'll do a couple. And, uh, and so I was starting out that way really, really dirt cheap. And they were like, you, you can't, you're never going to be able, because some of them are like, business, they own businesses. And like, you, you won't be able to sustain uh, yourself if you charge it, you know, that much. And think about it, you're, you're creating something out of nothing. It's your hard work. He's like, you got to charge a little bit more. And so I was like, okay. So I went up a little bit higher. And they're like really excited. So then the buzz started to happen. And then they're like, you got to charge a little bit more. And then with the resellers um, that I was working with back in the day, um, they wanted up, they wanted a little bit higher because they wanted that $30 per sale. And so that's what they wanted. And that's kind of like where the, the price range started. So, um, you know, in terms of getting started, uh, that's where I kind of began and then where I'm at now. So the, the, the lineup that I have right now is like, I don't want to mess with it because they work. And uh, a lot of guys are making new product all the time, which happens in the mini quad club or mini, not mini quad club, but the mini quad community. And then what you have is saturation. And what happens is that the end buyer gets really confused. So I want to eliminate that bullshit. And, oh, sorry. <laughs> First I want to eliminate that. <laughs> I want to eliminate the confusion and uh, just give them you know, give the, the, the guys, the community, something that is, uh, stable, proven, um, tested in, in all, in all aspects and, uh, continue to do that. So, um, you know, that's where I sit and I've seen all the guys, all the mini quad racers, uh, the wing racers, and, and I've seen them and we've hung out, um, and, and a lot of the events that I've attended. So it's really cool. And I'm glad that you're doing this because now like, if I had not done anything, 
like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known you guys. Uh, like Angela, we, we met in Hawaii, which was pretty freaking cool. And I, I met Eric, uh, out there and, uh, Zoe, I've seen you. We, again, remember like we talked about in the last podcast, <laughs> we've passed always, many times. Yeah. We were always crossing <laughs> paths. So, um, and, and so now I, I get to interact with everyone, which is really cool. So I've been around. <laughs> yeah yeah seriously if you haven't check out fpv raw podcast uh it is a lot of fun i love ruben's style podcasting and he has the voice for it oh my god yeah yeah yes. yeah yes, he sounds he like a radio he station <laughs> I, I i do apologize if you guys haven't heard it's uh it's a bit of me rambling in this spot uh and i, <laughs> I tend to venture off in different avenues i do apologize ahead of time (laughs) (laughs) it's a good place to be i like your spot it's nice and cozy thank you right on so sean tell us a little bit about yourself um i mean a lot of people probably don't know you i know you as one of my best online friends and you've been a big supporter of me for a long time and we've worked together on the Excalibur project for quite a while. And that's had it's a lot of ups and downs and twisties and turnies and all that fun stuff. So yeah, please introduce yourself to the world. Yeah. So um, uh, I'm Sean, otherwise known as Mr. Sato V or bullet drones. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah totally. Okay. Yeah. I don't clear. And actually, yeah, my relationship with Zoe started um, pretty shortly after I designed my first frame. Um, Because I was designing it around the time that uh, the first uh, Nationals event in Sacramento came out. And uh, it it was just, no one, everybody was flying ZMRs and stuff like that. And so I I wanted to create an X-frame, which was this one. It's the original. Um, And right about the time that I got it designed, uh, I saw Nationals and um, Zoe's big interview on TV and I'm like, oh man, a really cool female pilot. That's what I need to sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that kind of got both a sort of professional and personal relationship that um, has worked out fantastic. Um, I, mean, I have to say, I mean, getting a product to market is no easy task. Yeah. And part of my thing is, um, I think similar to Ruben, I don't, I don't, I don't want to create a new drone every month and put it out there. And to me, that's like, you know, using uh, the community as a, as beta testers. It's not really fair to them. So yeah, we spent almost a year or something like that, getting the, the first one, the Black Widow out. <clears throat> and then mostly thanks to Zoe's 3D. I mean, my, I, my, the principle was always to make it extremely um, central, the center of gravity, um, center of thrust. And what the result was basically this from the time, but the cage was pretty big. And I felt like we could do better. So then uh, Zoe suggested that we uh, just sort of make a single plate design. And that's when the Excalibur sort of took place, single plate for the main and then drop it down, just making the FPV cage to be bigger. Yeah, so it's it's almost two years in the making. Yeah, and and at that time that we started working on that concept, that that style of frame really didn't exist. And 
That they was... had the ZMR Slam. ZMR Slam, which that looks kind of like uh, that, 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 but it's still top. different. Right, yeah, it puts it on the top. Yeah. So, and that's so, one yeah, of the, the big, big thing changes. Was getting the battery in line with the motors, right around where the motors and the propellers are. So, and, and that's what we did. Yeah, and I, and I heard your comments earlier in the introduction about other people starting to do it, and I see... Actually, I heard that Tommy uh, from Rotor Riot is working on something that has the same kind of thing, which, like, okay. I think that he's just kind of making more of a racer, shorter pod or something like that, but it's basically the same kind of design. Right. Well, I mean, I've seen Tommy using my motors recently in some videos. <laughs> so I, I know he's been at least partially inspired by me. I'm, I'm actually kind of expecting him to come out with some, like, 2009 motors or something, just like a take on the yeah, 2010s. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. You know. I mean, he did, he put yours in the Run Right episode, right? Where they all tried the 3D? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, he did one, pretty but... good. He was, yeah, and that was with the Black yeah. Widow at the time, right before we got right. the Excalibur prototype uh, out. Um, and, yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. It was kind of like trying to prove the point of having that center of gravity lower, and, you know, with all the prototypes, and I, I think maybe it was me being in the Bay Area, but, like, I'm showing all my friends, like, hey, check this out. Isn't this cool? Look at the <laughs> slam profile on the battery center. And then I see my friend, Styx, who is on the same Team NorCal, like, uh, team race team that I'm on. And he has basically the same frame <laughs> that him and his friend was working on. Like, ah. But, oh, you know what they say. And, and now it's kind of Cloning cool now. Is a form of flattery, right? Right, and now Colby's <clears throat> doing the battery-centered frames. He's like doing very centralized, small camera pod on the bottom. Realizing having that center of mass as close as possible makes a big difference. Yeah, um, yeah what happens is that, you know everyone gets stuck in their, um, their mode, like oh, whatever's popular is what's best, kind of thing mentality. Right. And then I've I've had everyone basically who who buys the Excalibur, they're, they're just, you have it and you rave about how, how uh, well balanced it is and everything. And so they give it a shot, you know, and it's like the people who sort of have the wherewithal to, to spend the money and get the frame and try it have emailed me and says, you know, I had no idea what, how much difference they could make and because, because it flies just so predictable and so balanced. And, you know, when you pit tune it, it's just there, you know, yeah, no, and my, off, my videos really money, aren't but... representative of how well it can be tuned out because I'm scared. I still use version 1.1 on my firmware for KISS ESCs because updating has been known to break it from time to time. So, like, I stopped chasing that dragon a while ago, and I just kind of stuck with what <laughs> works. Um and so, yeah, like you can get it tuned out way better than what I have it at in my videos, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, Jean, do you know what's this? <laughs> hey, so yeah, for everyone, this is, uh, this is a rally, thing. right? But yeah. there's, it, is, it isn't the regular, well, raggy. It's a, yeah, and it's not clone. Drones. It is actually made by raggy, but made it's for us, drones. for smoking drones, yeah. Yeah, so, a huge shout out, shout out to, to Sean because, well, for everyone who doesn't know him, don't know him, he's, he has been collaborating with a lot of great companies and trying to release products because he has great ideas. So, as he said, it's really hard to get 
all the process involved and all the people collaborations. But well, he has making this effort. He has making some good things to the community. So thank you, thank you, man. Yeah, <laughs> Not many you. people know this. But well, yeah, I think it's actually really, really, really cute that we have a smoke and drones uh, raggy frame. Uh, for those that don't <laughs> yeah, know, smoke and drones, it's a um, marijuana positive uh, drone group. <laughs> and uh, I'm actually a medical user. I actually I found medical cannabis as a really great uh, way to alleviate my need for a lot of narcotics because I have chronic pain and it's a Itch to a deal lot with, of people. A lot know? of people. And so I'm a big believer in it. You know, I don't say I don't say smoke and drone. I say do it a little separately. But you know, it's it, there's <laughs> definitely a fun overlap, especially where I'm from in Santa Cruz, California. And I'm a big yeah. believer in the raggy frame too. This is a standard edition uh, that I've been flying for a while. It's kind of like my parking garage frame because this thing is by far one of yeah. the most durable frames I've ever flown. Um, it's fantastic for that. It's, yeah, like the motors are so well protected. The, the camera is mm -hmm. well protected. The, the material seems to deform and absorb impact versus crack and shatter like carbon fiber. So you get a yep. lot more um, out of it. So, yeah, so that was yeah. kind of thing. The Smoke and Drones community is really interesting. If you haven't checked it out, please check that out. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so going on, um, Angela, you said something about uh, bringing all the Latin American countries together for a sing like singular <laughs> championships. That's big news. So yeah. can you tell yeah, us yeah. a little bit about that <laughs> and like your role in organizing all that? And Santiago, I'm sure, can jump in with this too a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, well, first of all, um, I want to thank Ray for sending me a Smoking Drones t-shirt. Um, I didn't actually, I didn't actually think about it. Um, I didn't know what to wear earlier. I was still wearing like a super dirty dress this morning. So um, I just, I just, no, I'm serious. Like I've been doing gardening all day and stuff like that. So um, I just changed real quick and found a t-shirt and I was like, oh my God, yay, this is the right moment. So Ray, thank you for sending it. Um, and I, I think Santiago actually designed it. I don't know if you can see yep. it. Yeah, I did. You did, <laughs> right? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's really yeah, cool. Thank you. thank you so much. I really, really like it. And I like what um, um, what Smoking Jones promotes. And I think it's, you know, it's healthy that we see it in that in that light, you know. Um, saying that, um, Latin American Championship. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously exciting what we're doing. Um, I started contacting people um, by the end of last year. And this was an idea that somehow at some point we were like hey we should do this and it would be fun and you know we're always like i'm from the northern part of mexico and i was born in the u.s and i go to the u.s a lot so i feel like i always tend to go there and and i usually don't look south you know and at some point i was like wait hold on there's all these things happening and um i would really love to visit these countries and i would like to see what's going on and I started talking to people and seeing who was organizing things and how the communities were developing. And it was very interesting because um, in the end, what we decided to do as, an, as, as a bunch of people working together was try to um, bring it down to what we're doing. It's not the same what's happening in Mexico than what's happening in the U.S. and definitely uh, what's happening in the rest of Latin America. So I think uh, we did a very good job in trying to um, make it as 
easy as possible for organizers and pilots. And at the same time, having it all under the same format, which hasn't been done before. And we're all going to be racing the same track in every country. Oh, each wow. country is going to have a uh, yeah, yeah. And each country is going to have a national qualifier. Five pilots will go over there to uh, Colombia, which is going to be the they're going to be hosting the um, the Latino Cup. And uh, at, at some point during, during all this stuff, uh, MultiGP got in touch with us, Nelson um, contacted me and he was like, Angel, this is exactly what we're trying to do. And um, you guys seem to be having, you know, some information already and some work done and we should definitely partner up. So that's how MultiGP came along and they've made things easier and it's been it's been working very well. We have, I think, 12 countries right now. It's, um, I mean, we're talking... We're talking wow. about even Venezuela participating, which is like insane, taking into account what's going on in their country. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about some countries saying things like, okay, we have 14 pilots total. And then we have other countries that are saying, okay, we have 40. So how are we going to do this the yeah. best way possible? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge and, and it's the first attempt to do this. And I think it's going to be very well. Many, Many lessons have been learned from other events. I mean, Zoe, I met you at Drone Nationals 2015 and we've seen each other in like Hawaii and Sean, I met you in Dubai and we've seen the pros and the cons of doing certain things. And I think that as a pilot and as an organizer, um, I've gained enough experience and working with other people, I'm gaining even more experience because I don't know, like yesterday, this guy from Costa Rica, I think it was, and he's like, Angela, have you considered this and that? Like, oh, my God, no, I didn't. Like, thank you for bringing it up, you know. And <laughs> and th- this wouldn't be happening if I was having this conversation with myself. And and it's everybody coming on board that makes it way better. And things that I was very set, like, this has to be this way. And then all of a sudden, Nelson jumps in and he's like, no, I think it should be this way. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, you made a point. You convinced me, you know, my mind has been changed. So I think it's been very productive. And... I wish we could go faster, but the financial situation in Latin America is not that great. So we can't move as fast as we wish. And sometimes we can't produce the events as big as we want to. But I think that with with what we have, we're doing something really, really important. So I'm really proud of what's happening. I'm really proud of all the countries jumping in. Uh, Panama is coming on board and Puerto Rico just contacted me to see if they can have a qualifier as well. And I definitely got to give a shout out to Mini Quad Racing Colombia. They're the guys that stepped up and said, yeah, we'll do, you know, the the cup. It's going to be in our country and we're going to take care of the biggest event this year for Latin America. So I'm really grateful for that. And uh, Tronics also jumped in, this uh, Colombian company. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know who they are. They -hmm. they, they just started um, making LiPo batteries in Colombia. So this is like a a, a Colombian country. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, well, Medellin is the, the, one of the cities, biggest cities of the country. So they're, well, our kind of top pilots are over there. So they raise our, well, they, they made like this, this, they, they shout out to, to Tronics, who's a battery mate, well, maker. This this company, yeah. so they tell them like, hey, there's a market we want, we need this product. So they have been working with Tronix. They develop the batteries, and they well, they're saying over here, selling over here the batteries, and they are trying to export the batteries. So as Angela said, this is well, over here I have the <laughs> the logo they did, the image, the brand for the Latin American Championship. 
which is going to be oh, in yeah. the gym, as you said, <laughs> so everyone can see this. Um, it was it was made. Well, this this design was made by I think is can you, well a uh, uh, Mexican designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Diana Mariel. This is the girl that did this design. She's also the girl that uh, made this amazing logo of Jesse Perkins from Tiny Whoop. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it's Jesse like on top of a Tiny Whoop. And it's, yeah. Like you can, you see it and you know <laughs> that it is Jesse. You know. And um, she also drew a little cartoon of uh, the Mexican team that went to Dubai, which was really amazing. So she's she's really great. She flies drones and she's very supportive. And you know. She knows that sometimes we have to work or most times we have to work without pay and she still yeah. gives it a hundred percent. And that's something that I'm really grateful for because she's very talented and she's very dedicated. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. And like you talk yeah. about uh, financial issues in Latin America, I'm sure that's gotta be tough. Like America, it's, it's like drying up a lot too for our organizations, organizations and races. Yeah. So it's, I can only imagine, like, it's, yeah, to do all that you're trying to accomplish this year with uh, very little, <laughs> that's quite a men that's quite commendable, so, I, I didn't, I, that's yeah. really cool, though, I, I like the fact that everyone's running on a standard course, that everything is really being standardized yeah. between the countries, that's gonna be a really cool, because um, that was one of the biggest complaints with, like, drone nationals, was the lack of standardization between the different qualifying events, and having yes. that standardization, I think, is kind of crucial for a national level and uh, kind of any international level event. Uh, I think we may have lost Angela partially. Oh. Or at least we lost her video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're, you're back. Okay, cool. <laughs> All good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it's it's really cool to see what you've been doing with that community and that's the thing is it, it really is all about community. And with the Maker Fair ASL event, you know, there's a lot of community volunteers. It takes a lot of people donating their time to make a lot of these events happen. Drone Worlds used a lot of community volunteers. Flight Fest West community yeah. volunteers. It really is, you know, if you're not directly into racing and that's not your biggest thing, but you still want to help out and be a part of the community event, Please volunteer at your local yeah. events because it makes a big difference having a couple people on hand to really help out. Um, yeah, so talking yeah. about that, about volunteers, Justin Haggerty is well, IDRA headquarters. He's he's up to volunteers. So if you guys wanna <laughs> wanna go to the the race he's hosting on June the second, so you can talk to him and volunteer yourself. <laughs> Yeah, which could be a really cool thing if you want to go and check out the behind the scenes of one of the bigger drone racing events this year. Thanks for that, Santiago. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and that's that's one of the other community things is that, you know, please, like, join a part of your local community. Join up with these events. Help out. You know, it, it really takes all of us pitching in to make it great. You know, I know some of the best pilots in the local area still pitch in every day to make these events great. And it really takes us to push these events to be as good as they can be. Um, yeah. And Ruben, I, I was kind of curious because I am not one for the wing community. I'm kind of stuck in my own little <laughs> quad community. I, I know we have a kind of a small wing community out here in Santa Cruz that loves FPV, but 
The wing community, for what a lot of people don't realize, the FPV wing community, I think, is probably the longest running, like, kind of coalesced FPV community. Like, before mini quads, there were wings. So, yeah. you know, what, what's, what was that like? What was the start of that community? Like, do you, do you know what kind uh, of started yeah. that or how that came to be? It was, it was lonely. A lot of cold nights, a lot of alcohol. <laughs> um, but, you know, after, <laughs> after the mini quad, uh, you know, the, the publicity started to, to get better and better with the, the mini quad guys. Um, we started to look at me like, you know what, we're, we're doing our own events. Um, we're, you know, we're looking at it at more, um, uh, again, well, I, like I said before in the, in the, in the past is, you know, I was, I was thinking, I was like, we can, we can do the same thing, but with advertising, um, on these crafts. And, uh, so when we started racing, um, back East, the guys, uh, back there, the NEFPV, uh, and the NAFP, NAFPV, and and EFPV, they were they were doing events back in the day, and uh, really really nice events where they were organized. Um, this was before multi GP, I think, and mo- before um, IDRA, just basically before a lot of the organizations. I think um, you can quote me if you want to; it doesn't matter. But it's uh, <laughs> like they're they're organ- they were organized by themselves. And um, they were running consistently. The thing is that we just we just didn't really get recognized, and it turned uh, Drone Nationals uh, 2015 in Sacramento, um, and how that all evolved. Believe it or not, um, I got asked to go to Hawaii for the drone uh, tour uh, in Hawaii, and people uh, Scott and the people that were running it, like Tim. Um, from Get FPV, uh, Tony from Immersion RC, you know those big guys were were kind of sponsoring it, and uh, they took us and they were you know they realized that, holy crap that thing's freaking massive and you can <laughs> see, it. like okay so remember the entrance to Hawaii or the uh, event there? Yeah, a Koala Ranch, road. whatever it was. Yeah, so so the picture of the road there, and they could see you know my pink juggernaut all the way at the very very back right and they could hear it so it was extremely loud and you can identify it and uh so like the gear started to kind of like turn and uh me uh and a lot of other guys were were, you know consistently putting videos out and we're like look here we are like uh the team canada uh i think well before they were team canada um they were like the tdrc guys and they were they were constantly like they even they were constantly putting out um, FPV wing videos. And with, with more of the events that were going on, we, we were kind of like, hey, we can do this. Like, they're, they're putting events on. Like, we can do this. It's easy. And, uh, they, yeah, they don't, we can't do tricks and flips and floppities. <laughs> Flippity floppities. <laughs> but, you know, for, for us, it's the increased speed, the increased uh, flight times, and uh, it's the, the real estate. And, like, I, I keep telling people this is, is the, the manufacturers, the, the promoters, the, um, big companies, like, like, believe it or not, like that's, that's all prime real estate. And, you know, for, for us to kind of like say, Hey, Hey, here we are, you know, you have the ability to, to kind of put your advertisement on there. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, 
we're, we're it's like it's almost like we're behind the mini quad still so we're struggling we're uh we're um you know there's a race event right now on the east coast uh the flying circus uh shelby's down there uh ty tyler derby's it down there um and a bunch of other guys and then the um i don't think the joe Nall's not doing it but um they're racing out there so it's an actual wing event so if you right. follow shelby he's been doing a lot of like live feed so like we're still kind of like in the backyard racing still um we haven't really hit the mainstream uh yet like the mini quads so it's funny you say we really haven't hit the mainstream yet like mini quads like <laughs> I, I read a reddit post the other day about things you might yeah. not know exist and one of those things was drone <laughs> racing and the next comment for that was that should be on the ocho like espn the ocho like the, you know that channel for sports that don't really matter and or exist <laughs> So, like, I, yeah. I feel like the mini quad racing still has barely hit public consciousness. And yeah, there, well, Reddit, Reddit's kind of like it's like uh, to me, Reddit is like a bunch of nerds who don't get out much and they're constantly typing. So well, oh, this the is the cool <laughs> even within let's, the let's, nerd let's, community, it's still yeah. relatively unknown. Well, it, it would be like the nerds above us because we're cool. We go outside. We get high. No, I'm kidding. We, you know, we fly <laughs> hard. <laughs> uh, but these guys are like the cubicle nerds that they don't get out much and you know, they don't know. So um, like for us, if you think about it for the Twitch community, who's ever out there, who plays video games, who is just tuning in, it's like a real life video game. And when you put on the goggles, you're flying, you know, you're, you're sitting down at, at your computer station, we'll say, and you're flying a remote drone UAV. And it, you can take it or almost almost to where you where you, wherever you want, limited to range and your experience. But that's a that's a real life video game, and it's 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 just an amazing feeling when you when you put the goggles on, and you you're you're loading you're like you're loading, <laughs> you're waiting for the loading screen to go. <laughs> you know, it, it's just like that. And so I Literally. think for us, I I do think we kind of relate to the gamer community. Because it's a lot of hand-eye organization that we we have to make sure we know where our kill switches are, our return to launch, our you know our buzzer switches, you know what to do when we turn, um, you know, and it's just like you think about like uh, like like the hardcore gamers, like they know when to like pop a CC or they're coming for a kill, or they know who to battle against, say if it's like a shaman against you know whatever, uh, or a rogue. You know, they know how to counter that. So for us, when we fly, we know how to counter like Mother Nature. When it's like blowing us, you know, we know, okay, okay I need to get my wing wing tip or I need to get the uh, the mini quad to like flip, you know, in, in, in the opposite direction of where the wind's blowing or whatever. Um, or they know, you know, just little things like that. Um, I, I see a, a kind of a, a uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I can't think of the word, but... A, a blending, um, like eye to eye, I can't think of the word, but I, I see that like it could be in common. Like it's very in co common for the, the video game community. Oh yeah. Um, and it, so, it, it, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm it's still- a, It's a real life video game that has real life consequences. Oh geez, is that a fire alarm? Right. Um, <laughs> it sounded it like- was a freaking bike. Okay, I was like, oh <laughs> no, bombs are dropping. Um, <laughs> apart from that, oh yeah, uh, Danny in chat says, "Hey, Angela, what up, girl?" Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Who said that? 
Danny? Danny. Um, Angela, what up, girl? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we actually have some interesting hey guys, so, stuff so, going on in chat. Well, you were talking about, you were talking about quickly about mainstream, right? So I think we're right. It's one of the biggest channels, YouTube channels. They have just reached 90,000 viewers. So imagine we're not yet, not mainstream yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's getting there. And if we, yeah, stay, getting if we stay, stay with it, you know, it's just like, uh, think of the Tony Hawks back in the day, right? He, uh -huh. nobody knew about him. You know, he was constantly there, constantly doing it. And it took somebody to, to realize what he was capable of and it's just like what we're at now like it takes time for us to kind of get recognized now think of the guys who are going out there and doing the vlogs right they're accessing another type of community the guys who like to watch people on their day-to-day -day basis right. um and they're they're, <laughs> they're they don't know so they're jumping in they're like okay well what's this guy doing okay that's interesting what the hell is that like why is he flying a is that that's a drone right Oh, wow. Okay, let's search drone. That's how you bring the people in. So I'm, I'm extremely happy that they're doing it because they're accessing a different community. Like when I upload a video, it's very, of me flying, you know, you know, a couple hundred views, that's it. But I can guarantee you if I was doing like a, a, a face, you know, a, a talking head type deal um, or a vlog, I think people would be more attracted to view that than a toy. And it's, 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 it's human nature. Like we're attracted to look at people. That's, that's what we're attracted to. I think that that's, that's how you bring people in to kind of say, Hey, this is what we got going on over here on the side, you know, come check it out. So it just, it takes, yeah. it takes yeah. time. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And we're just still at the beginning of everything still, it's still, you know, brand new sport, brand new, Everything with the hobby, you know, we've had a little bumpy first couple of years, but again, every sport has had that kind of bumpy start, and we're just kind of and seeing we, how things been, go. I, I also think that we've been very lucky because, um, you know, comparing it to uh, video games or things like that, it went way faster for us than it did for video games, and that's uh, that's what we were discussing the other day with a guy that's helping us look for sponsors. He was like. Um, Angela, you got to think about how, you know, Tony Hawk and all those guys did it and the similarities be between one thing and the other and between video games and what you were saying, Ruben, earlier, like it also applies to like all these tactics from video games and stuff like that. All those not all those things that, you know, from playing video games so much that you obviously <laughs> play a lot, <laughs> um, <laughs> could not tell at all, <laughs> um, you can see it also with, uh, with paintball, for example, you know, and, and. And those are the things like people that like video games and actually have the take the time to go outside and play paintball. It's completely different. And you know all these things and you have all this knowledge, but it's not the same thing to actually go outside and do it. Like mm -hmm. this guy is saying, uh, Tor, on the, on the chat. On yeah, the I was going to just uh, get to that. Yeah. yeah. He He's... was actually talking about that, like people not wanting to go outside. And it's so true. Like I have a lot of parents that come up and tell me like, should my, you know, should my son spend all this money on this? And I'm like, of course he should. <laughs> he's not going to have time to be inside the house and he's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to have anything. money for drugs. As a lot of people At say, all. get them into FPV <laughs> and they will have money for anything else. Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 he'll be broke as hell. Yeah. But, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> 
but 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 yeah, definitely. I think that's the, the the thing that got me into it for real. Like I was always interested in video games, but never never got into video games full on because it was just like, ah, uh, do I have to? Do I really have to be here ten hours? And and then all of a sudden you can go outside and explore all these things that are actually there. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I think it just suits me well, and I think it suits a lot of people out there very well that don't even know it yet. You know, so that's why I also think that. A lot of people from many backgrounds have joined the community, mm-hmm. which makes mm-hmm. it so so eclectic. There is a profile. There is like a type of people, <laughs> but uh, patient. <laughs> I think you have to be patient for sure. But um, other than that, I think that the background is pretty. It's it's pretty wide. I have seen rock climbers, hikers, every type of people getting in, just for the adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a good point too. It, it is kind of a thrill sport, but without the possibility of physical harm. I mean, people like uh, Metal Danny, who used to race motorcycles and, you know, who had been in the hospital so many times. This is fantastic because they can get that throw. Actually, Zoe too, right? I mean, yeah. it's, uh, I don't know how many people that are like that. And the, the tie to, to games yeah. is pretty tight also. I mean, I just went to Colorado Springs and taught my um, my nephew how to fly. He's not a kid. I don't know. He's, he's a, a staff sergeant in in the army anyway um he he played list off for eight hours never flown a drone or anything like that but because he like has played the games and uh, kind of familiar with flying controls like jumping in uh, some aircraft or something a helicopter or something and you you fly around after eight hours took him to the field and he just flew it like somebody who's been practicing for like almost a year some people like me Whoa. it took me forever and mm-hmm. just really yeah. just let go and fly it, you know? I was always like hovering around and going <laughs> slow, staying in stable, stabilization mode, you know, just switching to acro was like this <laughs> amazingly mind-blowing thing, you know? Totally. <laughs> but I, I taught him acro from the first second, never never in leveling mode, and that was it. Eight hours on the salmon and <laughs> the game. Yeah, some people take to FPV like a fish to water. I mean, it's one of those things that... If you have the right crossover skills and your brain is kind of wired for it, you can pick it up really quickly. And it's also one of those things I feel like if you spend enough time trying to practice, anyone can really do. It just takes a lot of practice. Yeah. Well, it's just like like I said, the guys that play video games that are really good, they study and and they're on it all night long. You watch the Twitch guys and they're on it like they're doing like a 24-hour run. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. Holy crap, like, how do you do that? Do you even leave? <laughs> yeah, like, if you have that much time to stay on and play the computer that long, you have that much time to, to be a freaking master at building. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> at anything. Like, again, it's some people, how, it's how you kind of, like, deal with your own, your own time. Um, and and that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of the time where I like to kind of uh, use those two as kind of like as examples, because, you know, for me, I, I like to play. Wow. That's the one game that, that has stuck to me <laughs> since, you know, it's since burning crusade, since, you know, the Lich King downed him, you know, going through uh, Pandaria, uh, you know, all the other ones, even till now to Legion. And like, I'm, when I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm relaxing. This is a kind of a, a tangent though, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I have to achieve this, pathfinder uh uh achievement so i can fly because i don't want to walk no more and <laughs> I, I have to sit there and i have to do the grind 
But if you think about it, like if you didn't do that and you focus your attention on a hobby like that, which let you get outside and get some sunshine and, and mingle and with me, the animals that are out there. The, the, biggest, the biggest difference and issue with that, though, is that when you die in WoW, you don't take out the CD, throw it on the ground and stomp it with your foot. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> you, when you crash, you, there's like consequences. There's like physical monetary consequences yeah. with this hobby yeah. in ways that gaming doesn't have. I mean, I think that's going to be know. one of the bigger, um, I don't know, like roadblocks for a lot of people, like getting into this hobby and then staying in this hobby, especially if they want to push it to the furthest levels, because Realistically, if you have a computer that can run a game, most professional gamers run it on the lowest settings. So they don't have to deal with a bunch of graphics getting in the way when they're playing. You're playing on the same playing field level with everybody else. When you yeah. get into quad racing, you know, it really depends what kind of hardware you can afford, your time, the investment that you can put into practicing, how much cash you're willing to burn on batteries and props to get there. Uh, yeah. you know, so there's definitely like this, this larger barrier of entry for this, especially on the technical side. If you don't have a ready to fly quad, you've got to basically learn how to build a robot and <laughs> not everyone is down to build a robot and then to smash it into the ground repeatedly until they figure out how it works. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, that's a lot of times like why I, I, I try to like on the podcast, I, I try to segment it, getting started, what to get, why to get, you know, should you waste your money on it? But and I, and I keep telling like new flyers or new people who are interested, you are going to crash. So don't buy the most expensive crap that's out there. When you see it constantly pump on your feeds and you're like, okay, they're, they're obviously promoting it. You know, ask somebody who is familiar, like one of us who know, okay, you don't really need the top end stuff, but here is this whatever to get started. You are going to crash. That's a guarantee. So buy something that's like dirt cheap, practice in your area and just, just get the basics down. Um, guys always ask me, you know, I've never like mini quad guys always ask me and I kid you not, I get that a lot. They go, what do I get? And I usually tell them, get a pop wing, get, uh, uh, get the S 800, get it just because it's dirt cheap. It's super easy to, to, to build. And you know, if you crash it, it's not going to total it. Um, and you know, once you get it, like, like we were said before, it's that, that awe moment when you're like, holy crap, it's, <laughs> it's still in the air after like 15 seconds, you know, once, once that clicks and they realize, okay, I didn't spend a lot. Um, it's super easy to build. So if I do crash, I can find resources to, to patch it up. Um, you know, and, and doing it that way. And the mini quads, it's, it's a little bit tougher because you have to buy four of everything um, and there's different props. And I think right now from what I can gather is that the flight controllers are getting a lot better. I'm guessing. So just plug it in and it's like basically ready to go. I, I'm guessing pretty much. So I that's mean, a nice every, everything, yeah. Everything's getting better and it's getting cheaper, but also I think that we're looking at from within. Like if you're, if you're already into this, then yeah, it is getting easier, but maybe for someone that's just starting, it's still, 
really, really complicated, you know, because it's mm-hmm. so many things and everything is a thousand possibilities. Like whatever happens is like, oh God, okay, so is it this or this or this or this or this, or maybe yeah. it's this other thing. And it's like, nope, none of those. Okay, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, there's, so, also, so there's that, a lot of chances for you to hit a wall and be like, screw this, put it in a box and it goes on a shelf in your closet to never be touched again. I mean, a lot of yeah. experienced pilots feel that thing. You know, I've had a three-month run of bad luck where things just nothing wanted to work, and I was yeah. wanting to throw in the towel. But you know, my upbringing kept me from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> look at uh, look at Ferrati. He had he had, uh, and, and this is uh, something we talked about before. But he like I gave him, or I didn't give him. Uh, Steve sent him a uh, a runt, and he's a oh, new yeah. flyer. And he was trying to fly and he got it down, but he didn't quite understand it. And, um, and until he actually figured out what it was, he kind of like put it down and got back to um, uh, another wing. And then he got the S-800. And, and I was watching his video and I was like, he's like, I got it. Like, like he's enjoying it. So I think it takes, there's a hurdle there that guys who are listening, don't let that stop you. Um, when you look at a mini quad, there's a lot of stuff. Like you have to check out which ESC is bad, which motor is causing you issues, which wire did you like not solder correctly. Um, there's a lot of probabilities on a mini quad. So it it does make it complicated in that sense for a new flyer. So that's just a caution. But get something that's super like easy, like a like a Bixler or something. Um, a fully done Bixler for like from Hobby King is like 120 bucks. So it's dirt cheap and then beat it up, put some tape on it and just constantly learn it. And then once you figure out the electronics, um, then, then graduate yourself. People don't want to, people don't want to take the time to learn and graduate. They want to just take my money, yeah. give me something expensive. Go full and, <laughs> Yeah. We constantly are going in that route and it makes it, it makes me frustrated because um, like, I don't know how to tell the people like, look, man, you need to just chill, calm down and get something really cheap and learn. But I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to keep rambling off, but I get that so much. <laughs> well, no, no, it's true though. It's true though. Because when you're starting out, I, I, one of the biggest questions is like, do I buy the good stuff? If I buy the good stuff, what do I get? And this is really expensive. I'm going to destroy it. Uh, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I say invest in is a frame, like a good frame will take you further than I think, you know, getting really good motors on a bad frame. And by that, I mean, like something strong, something strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this, I mean, if you don't have to constantly replace your frame, then you're doing a lot of, you're not constantly doing a lot of work. And it's like Ruben's saying with a pop wing, get something simple and easy to work on. Uh, you know, but also simulators. I mean, I, I, I really think. Unless someone already has RC experience, just learning the sticks is such a mind, you know what? <laughs> yeah. But do it in the sim, spend some hours on it to just learn that basic thing. And then you can worry about the actual flying. I mean, just fly and you can crash a million times with zero cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or by a yeah, loop or something like that. Well, I, I'm not really a, a huge fan of starting with toys. Because I, I, that's what I did. And I, I know most people do it, but the problem is you fly the toy and, and now I fly toys and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how anybody flies these things. And so you get used to it. 
<laughs> they don't fly like the real thing. The, the real thing is actually much easier to fly. So, so on, on that note, <laughs> like I, I've I've flown a tiny whoop, and then I've flown a tiny whoop, and the difference between a proper whoop and something that just bills itself as a micro tiny whoop are ridiculous. Uh, yeah. the, the micro that I currently have right now flies a lot like a mini quad. Um, you know, like I, I'm doing front flips over my head versus, you know, stumbling around to figure out what the hell <laughs> make this thing to do anything. So, uh, you know, and it's got punch. It kind of feels like a mini quad. You can kind of kick it around like a mini quad. Um, and there's a lot of micros that just really don't feel that fit the bill of, you know, feeling a lot like a traditional quadcopter. Um, yeah. But it's Brush, kind of, it was kind of like that thing. Like the, 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 yeah. the mini quads originally didn't feel as good as like the 450s and stuff. There was like that inflection point where the 250s started flying better than the 450s. And then everyone jumped on the 450 or the 250s. And now micros are kind of having this uprising that they've been having for over a year now. And the technology's gotten cheaper and it's gotten incredibly better compared to what it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pe people right now are really lucky. I mean, you can get a tiny whoop or you can get a simulator that flies almost mm -hmm. exactly like your quad. And it's just so much easier right now. And, and you don't have to change props every freaking time you fly, which is something that, I mean, yeah. remember, like, in 2014, it was horrible. Like, you would just look at it, and it would Explode. break. And, and it was horrible. That was and bad. now, I mean, come on. Like, they, they, they last so long. I mean, these things. And the frames also, like, I've been running uh, multi-rotor mania frames for a while. And recently, I started using... Uh, B rotor more, um, frames as well, and they're so sturdy; like they won't break. I mean, yeah. I've done I've done things to them that are not kind, and I mean, seriously, they they, they last way longer now. Yeah, the <laughs> the later versions of the B rotor frames uh, are pretty good. Like uh, all the yeah. new stuff. There's a point where I came in, I flew their frames. Like this carbon fiber is horrible. And yeah, then I, I told, and then I, I, you know, finally aged Frank on and he started getting better carbon fiber. And now he's even up, upping the ante even more with future frames. So yeah. Yeah. nice. Yeah. So yeah, good, nice. good. And that was the thing. When I started out, I was kind of skeptical. I thought all carbon fiber was kind of the same. And, you know, it's, it's not. It, there's so many nuances no. to carbon yeah. fiber from the type of fibers that are used, the resin the mix of yeah, resin sure. that's used um yeah. you know you could have a more stiff fiber or a carbon fiber arm or you could have something that's a little more brittle you know it, it, it's just there's a lot of different ways to do it and then the way you cut the damn thing like oh my yeah. god <laughs> like that can matter yeah. incredibly right much. yeah yeah so don't always listen to the yeah you've done testing with that on mine too i mean when i was going through like some different factories for carbon fiber trying to find the perfect one sending you some prototypes and you're like yep not that one <laughs> it, it was funny like there, there's this thing like you you make sure that you go with the grain of the fiber versus against it um or wait right yeah right 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 am i yeah. am i i think i'm making sure i got this right i always get left and right mixed up i know it's one of the two but uh so so yeah, like making sure you have the right grain uh, going with it makes a big difference. And, you know, just having a good carbon source, like Armitin has really good carbon fiber. Yeah. Uh, Multirotor Mania has really good carbon fiber. Um, 
a lot of companies that have started cutting their own frames, at least in stores. Yeah, like X X Hover has great carbon fiber. Um, Yeah, and the the good thing about Multiromania, like I really like to buy their stuff because it's it's cheap. Like they have forty fifty dollar frames that will last forever. So nothing lasts forever, but you know what I mean. They're solid (laughs) frames for a good price. Really good. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and it's a local shop, so (laughs) you know. Yeah, no, and it's it's kind of funny. Like I'm not sponsored by them, but I've got a fairly good relationship with MRM, and yeah. those are really good people. <laughs> like they really try to take care of the community and try to create a store that can cater to not necessarily the cheapest dollar, but giving you a really solid product at a solid price and not gouging yeah. you in the process of doing it. So yeah, yeah, that part is yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sponsored by them either. Don't think that I'm like <laughs> you know getting free stuff <laughs> to say this thing. They're, not, they're, they're in my area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they're are. local local to me. Um, and, and it's it's cool because their their prices are are pretty damn cheap and it's it's nice. So like if I need something, um, you know, I I know where to go. I don't really ha- I haven't really bought anything from them. I usually go to uh 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 FPV HQ. Um, yeah, good shout like, out to those guys. Uh, FPV yeah. HQ, originally Multirotor Superstore, my first sponsor. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they're still kicking. Yeah, that's true. They're still doing yeah. some cool stuff, and they still have a good product, and they have some of the fastest shipping in the Bay Area. So, yeah. so you know, between between those two, those guys are pretty pretty close uh, to me in my area. So it is, is nice, um, you know, seeing them at the events, like they were at the Flight Test, uh, Flight Best West. Uh, event over there. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Ruben, do you do you fly do you fly with the um, flight club from Sacramento? Uh, sometimes they believe it or not. Ever since I started the podcast and getting more emotion, more more busy, uh, they started inviting me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's Which funny. Cool like I, I started the podcast and then he just like showed up at my house the next day. So. <laughs> Like Sean, Sean uh, is kind of like the, the 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 Uber nerd of the group, and uh, I would believe it or not, I flew with Sean way back in the day when he was kind of like still learning. Um, I have a video of him like when his Skywalker went down because he was playing with a bunch of electronics, and all the harmonics was in the way, and and it. Um, I remember his his starting out like like when I started out, and uh, nice. uh, but he like he keeps usually his keeps his spot thrill secret and he never lets me go so um <laughs> i finally got pissed and i was like you know what you better <laughs> i was like i want to go too damn it <laughs> like what the hell so they had a barbecue and i, I got invited so it was fun i, I kind of understand why squishy keeps all the spots secret like now that uh, i i've become kind of a community person here in santa cruz like i started keeping some of my best spots a little secret just because i don't want them being blown up and shut down yeah, um, but I'm like, dude, I was like, I, I, we, I've been with you since we started. Like, <laughs> why didn't you invite me? What the, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm like, it's Bob, it's Bob. <laughs> you gotta get yourself a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but I got stickers here. Hold on, wait. Let me, let's see. Let's see if the stickers show up. Whoa, nice. Great. Here we go. Nice. nice. Got the bear flying. Shout out to the the NorCal FPV guys. So Tony, Tony and all those guys, James, 
Uh, there you go. And Flight yeah, Club, there I love their logo. Yeah. And Flight Club and Thrust We Trust. Yeah, and Sean, the guy who invented FPV. <laughs> yeah, I know. he single-handedly invented FPV by chopping down a cherry tree and electing himself president of the universe. He's going to laugh when he hears it, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then at Nationals, he did everything in 2015. <laughs> he invented everything single-handedly. So yeah. those, guys, those guys are in my area. Those guys are, are really nice and, and fun to fly with. So, awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like James' videos, like uh, yeah. James Curtis. He's, mm -hmm. he's so good, and he's been getting better and better. Like, the first time that I knew this guy's existed, it was really, really weird because Zoe and I are part of a group uh, in on Facebook. Well, it's it's bigger than that, but you know you can you can point it to Facebook. Um, it's called Amelia Dronehart, and it's just a bunch of ladies all over the world that fly drones for many purposes. It's an amazing and, um, Great really name. Is. Ah, Great name. It really, really is. <laughs> and then um, there was this lady like two years ago, I think, that posted a video of like wing combat at night, and it yeah. was just it blew my mind. Like I remember that we, we can't like repost outside that group and whatever shared there, you know, remains there, mm -hmm. which I, I like. And I was Top just secret. like, oh my God, I gotta do this. Like, you know, I just took my phone and started like um, <laughs> recording the, the video and showing it to my friends. Like, dude, look at this. I'm not gonna tell you who posted it, <laughs> but oh my God, look at this. Like, we gotta <laughs> do this. And I got really, really excited because it was just like wings going at it with LEDs yeah. and, and everyone was just like yelling and screaming and everything. And then after nationals um, and, you know, like talking to James and all that, it was like, oh, yeah, that that's us. Like, oh, my God, I got to move to Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guys that do that, I don't know if they still do it now, but they're in the Northgate area. Um, the okay. guy that oh, that started, I kind of what well, kind of started it uh, is the Stu's channel, S-T-U's. Um, S the channel on YouTube. So okay. uh, he kind of like, kind of like his channel that blew it up. And people were driving on on the freeway, and they're like, "What the hell is that over there?" <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's they. I think they still do it like every Sunday or Thursday night. So I hope they do. It looks like so much fun. It it looks reckless. You know what I mean? Like it just looks <laughs> reckless. <laughs> they're just going at it, and then they're like ganging up on one of the the wings. They're like, "Yay! I'm bringing it down!" Yeah, the, down to do the wing brutal. people. Bring them to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Light their EOCs on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're. I think they're still out there. Um, you know, and, and in terms of uh, you know doing all that stuff, it's like it's big. Like people really notice it when there's LEDs like you know, on a four foot wingspan, they're like, holy crap. You know, people call in, they, they think it's a UFO, but they, they, you know, <laughs> you know do any, well, it's doing erratic things since so they freak out. But, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and, um, you know, again, I'm just hoping it picks up to more, more of a, uh, more events, I guess for us. So, yeah, yeah, it has to happen. We're, we're going to do it in Mexico. We're just taking it slow and, you know, not trying to do way too much. Lessons have been learned. Um, and this is why we're focusing right now on racing. But uh, we have like this little group that's really into wings and we want to do something there. And I think that it's good because it's cheaper. So, you know, mm -hmm. you can do 
you can get more people involved without spending so much money. And, and oh, I yeah. think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's, that's and like it's a good so point, much fun though. for the spectators. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun for the yeah, spectators. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of funny like we have we've had like a solidification of people just doing drone racing now you know like i keep saying freestyle wings everything besides mini quad racing has started to take kind of a back seat and you know it's it's kind of sad to see but i understand it um i think you know going forward once the mini quad scene starts to get self figured out more and things stabilize freestyle will come back big and strong yeah uh i mm-hmm. think a few investors once they start realizing that wings have a really large potential for just being so effing cool that yeah. Uh, yeah. they're going to get their time to shine i mean they the wings i still <laughs> yeah. think are almost cooler than the x-class quads just because you can build them to such an extent that they're just and as not loud kill as someone <laughs> yeah yeah do not kill someone you know not, not to say that an x-class quad has killed anybody yet but... but in terms of like advertising ability you know a big old wing that's great for sponsors yeah it's really hard yeah. to beat that oh, yeah. it's really really hard to beat that uh so that's yeah. kind of like why i really feel that wings will have their day uh, and that being said, like Shelby Vole is killing it right now at the Flying Circus in that event. You know, that's going to be really big for him. I hope Shelby brings home a gold. Uh, if he doesn't, I'm going to break him on social media. Because uh, <laughs> I love that's him. That's what social media is for. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and like a lot of He's people don't know, like Shelby Vole really is kind of like my internet, you know, brother from another mother. Um, I don't know how that all started, but I'm his like little sister and he's like my little big brother in a weird way. <laughs> I, I, I have, and again, I have no idea how that started, but you know, going on drone tripping, that's kind of how the, our relationship kind of went on. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> he's a really fun character. Watch his live streams if you haven't. Um, and check out his videos on Airviews. Shelby Vole is an absolute killer of wings. And yep. he does some stuff with them that just blows my mind. Um, and if you like my 3D stuff, you'll love his flying because he does a lot of inverted tricks and stuff. The wing that really pushed the limits of what you can do with them. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so... And his, you got to check out his, his micro-wrath video, too, where he went down Shit. that tunnel. Yeah, no, that that, that was the- that was it. That was the video. I'm like, yeah, no, Shelby Vole just solidified himself as a badass. <laughs> I mean, like, I, there, like that shot should be impossible. Like, there should yeah. be no way in hell that he should have made that tunnel, but he did. Like, there was like literally like that, like an inch or two of room on either side of the wingtips to get through that tunnel. Yeah. See, I mean, what's what's funny? What's funny is is that believe it or not, like uh, like nine years ago, uh, a guy from uh, Brazil, um, is. Oh, or Spain, I think Spain. Um, his name was Gabriel, and I, I gave him a shout out on the on the podcast because I remember his video so well. But he was the he was the one that showed basically showed me what a wing was capable of doing in a urban environment. Like he was the one that flew into the hotel room, and like he was like on a in a skyscraper in, or in a hotel, like a tall one. And he flew it into the hotel room. And then he, he was also the one that flew in a tunnel. Um, you know, he was in a car, but he was flying in the tunnel with the wing. And it's it's stuff that happened like long time ago that I think we're starting to redo it again, but with a little bit more spunk. 
um, more attitude. And um, it's it's uh, careless yeah. disregard for public safety and, you know, yeah. laws and rules. <laughs> well, you know, over there back in the day, there was there wasn't there wasn't any rules. Um, and even even to this day now, like he still flies like that. And there isn't any rules. Um, and it's it's crazy over here in the U.S. They're clamping it down because it's a money. It's a money source um, for the government. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Um, so they, they want, want, they want our five dollars, Ruben. They want all of that five dollars. <laughs> they want the money, uh, and it's true. Like, believe it or not, it's it's freaking true. You have all these organizations who are who are who are uh, forming, and they're that's what they're doing. Um, and a couple of years ago, that didn't exist. So, no, anyways, that's right. a side. Yeah, no, it's it's. <laughs> Yeah, the laws have been changing, and they're going to continue yeah. to change. Uh, but like in the, one of the past yeah. shows, it's it, it. Yeah, we've seen what happens when a government clamps down on it, but we've also seen what happens like in South Korea when the government helps and supports it. You know, like there's a way exactly. to integrate drone racing into, you know, your national airspace without turning it into a problem. And treating it like a problem, I feel like, is what the FAA has done. And because of that kind of uh, outlook on it, it's, it's kind of yeah. hampered their integration of drone racing and small UASs into the national airspace system. Um, oh, yeah, but you get a lot, a lot of the scaredy cats are like, you know, the guys that, that are, you know, oh, it's only five bucks. But, dude, it's, it's not, that's not the point. It's five times the community. Uh, and, and all those guys that, that who, who are familiar with flying, like, yeah, we don't fly 10,000, 5,000 feet up in the air all the time. We're at the sub 40, sub 50, 50 feet above the ground. And we're not, you know, sharing airspace. Like, yeah, we're not flying up there with the freaking seagulls. So, you know, a lot of scaredy cats um, are, are, yeah, we need, we need the laws. Um, but, you know, those guys, they just don't know. And, uh, you know, that well, kind of helps. The thing that I keep coming promote. back to on laws, and this is something that I, I keep kind of trying to champion in Santa Cruz, is that show us the data of these things causing real harm to anybody or yeah. anything. Like all the research that's been done shows it's a lot less harmful to the environment. You know, using drones for environmental purposes for conservation efforts, you can do a lot more with them than actually sending a person in there to physically disrupt oh, yeah. the yeah. environment. Like, so in, in the fact that these drones tend to not uh, disturb birds unless you're within 10 feet of their habitat or them. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, there's a lot of things coming through the woodworks where people are realizing these drones really aren't as bad as people have made them out to be. You remember when that, that, that plastic bag was uh, yeah. labeled as a drone? <laughs> <laughs> it hit a plane. Oh. It's going to destroy everything. <laughs> oh, no. So those idiots. So those idiots freaked out and then the media took, took a hold of it and they immediately drones are bad. Right. So those, I'm going to call them, you know, just uninformed people, individuals. I could go wrong, <laughs> but this isn't my show. Um, they, they interpret it that. And so they see like a bird strike. Oh, a drone was, was sighted 900 feet up. And I'm like, was it white? And did it have four propellers? And I was like, I don't think it was up 900 feet. Um, and, and there's just little things like that. And there are some cases where the dude uploads him flying over, uh, you know, the airport, but that's because the guy purchased something that he had no idea 
what he was doing. Right. And that's what that's where the flaw happens when 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 a mass production of an object or a drone, we'll say, um, is given into the hands of the public who don't know. And and that's one of the biggest things that pisses me off because DJI literally screwed it up for all of us. They made it too easy for everyone to get their hands on. Yeah, um, and at the same been- time, like DJI has at least now, and this is like I gave them shit for a long time about how they, in my opinion, kind of screwed up the national airspace system and. A lot of the bad news stories was DJI drone does this, DJI drone does that, the white phantom, you know, causes this problem, falls, hits somebody's head. You know, like, you know, that was like one of the biggest things in America that caused a lot of the backlash was that. And it wasn't necessarily it was DJI's fault, it was just that it was so popular and it was consumer drone. Yeah. And now, you know, once it became a problem, DJI started implementing, you know, the, the geofencing and a lot of other things to try to keep people from being idiots. But what I've noticed, at least within the mini quad community lately, is there's pilots that'll do stupid fucking shit just to get the video. They'll yeah. disregard rules, they'll disregard people's safety for those views. And, you know, and I, I'm talking, there's like, there's one pilot here in San Francisco that has done some really reckless things. Um, there's pilots all over the world that I've seen do reckless stuff that put people at danger with mini quads. And it's that kind of stuff that I'm worried about we'll see in the news as mini quads become more popular and as they become as embraced as the consumer phantom drones were. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Once we see that but happen, that, it's... But it's inevitable. It happens well, yeah. with everything. And... People are always going to be stupid with, with whatever you give them. And in the end, the problem is that people are not asking for the data. That's the truth. And we're not analyzing the data because we don't like to. As a collective, as a society, we do not like to know that alcohol kills more people than you know, cannabis or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we do not want to acknowledge that cars are as dangerous as drones. And we do not want to acknowledge that you know, because we don't want to. We just want to listen to what the media says. And if the media makes it a huge deal if someone you know was flying over an airport and it was just one person out of thousands right. and that's how it's going to be and and no law is going to prevent people mm-hmm. from doing that i mean honestly it, it, in, in the end in mexico they don't apply anything so right. i mean whatever when 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 they do uh state laws here there it's not gonna it's not gonna work either you know so yeah. i mean i i think it just has to be people being responsible and like ruben said it's because they don't know what they're doing so what's the solution or at least what can make it less, you know, less, less harmful for everyone. It's education. That's that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Like, we got to teach people and be open about it. Right. So not be mm-hmm. like, oh, no, no, don't touch that and don't fly it. And, you know, because that only wants some of us to do it even more. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the thing is, we got to teach people how to do it properly and make it, you know, like, like cars. I mean, cars are not easy to use. And mm-hmm. a huge example of people not knowing how to use cars is Mexico City. For a driver's license, you don't need to do anything. You just go pay and get it. Ooh. And and you're oh driving with, <laughs> with 20 million people. Uh, I mean, on this like horrible monster city, like packed with cars and people and everything and motorcycles doing stupid shit all the time. And no one says anything. And it's cars and people die every day. And, and it happens, you know, it's mm-hmm. just vehicles. It's yeah, I- humans. We're dumb. I think what would be what would be nice, and I don't think I've seen it yet, but I think let's just you know I'm just guessing and or just saying, but okay, you get this you get this drone right, 
this DJI. This That's a nice looking horse. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you get that meme or not, but, but yeah. You, 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 get, you get the drone, right? And you're a new flyer, you don't know. And let's say these, these companies like DJI, we'll use them as an example. Um, for them to say, okay, <laughs> the operator can use it. Plug it in, update it, you know, let it download the thing. And as it's doing, it's the, oh, the check. Let them watch a video. Be like, don't fly over anything, stupid. Don't go over that high. Don't stay away from the building. You know, just follow these steps. And, you know, once it uploads to the, 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 the drone, um, you know, then you can go fly. But at least the person acknowledged these are the things I probably shouldn't oh, do. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing that DJI does now is they make sure that the pilot is at least confronted with that information before they do something stupid. And yeah. for like every time that I want to fly locally, it says, hey, this might not be the best spot to fly. You know, like there's this is like it's not illegal to fly here, but there's a sanctuary here. There's that there. There's that there. And please acknowledge that, you know, all this stuff is here before you fly me. And so yeah. I have to I have to acknowledge a thing. I sign a basically end user license agreement every time I go to fly my drone. And that is saved. That's saved and uploaded into DJI's like actual database somewhere so god forbid i crash and do something stupid my you know that data is there like that, yeah. that it's, yeah. it's available See, that's a, um, that's a nice feature because it be, because they make it so readily accessible for people like I, I can literally go to best buy right now and pick up you know all the shelf of all their products you know super easy you know it, it's 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 perfect that that they're doing that and it's about damn time Right. You know, yeah. and that's that's kind of like that's kind of why I started getting more support behind them recently is because they started taking charge with that. I mean, they have a director of education now, someone who is in DJI's wheelhouse and all they do and their core job is just to educate the general public about stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and a few years ago, they didn't have that. And they realized that they're the biggest, you know, consumer monopoly on the market that they have to at least do something otherwise you know legislators and governments are going to start cracking down on them um yeah so yeah education is by far the biggest thing that we can do as a community to make sure people aren't doing stupid shit and everyone stays safe go to youtube you can learn everything you need to know yeah type in drone plus cut <laughs> plus face um, and then dive a building dive yeah. a, a, a freaking building yeah see like i'm actually like planning a couple building dives right now one of them's at intel's campus uh over the hill and, and i'm actually wow. trying to get like legit permission to dive their <laughs> buildings just because like now that i know like like steel got busted for doing that shit like i i am like super fucking paranoid about that kind of stuff now. <laughs> like do you have your, uh, your, your 107? You know. <laughs> you have your, your, your... Well, I, I, I don't. I don't. It's you like your... it's like like all any 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 uh anything that I've done that ever required a part 107, like any filming for anybody, I've actually had a part 107 with me to make sure it's all legit. Um, okay. There's been several film shoots that I've been on for actual things relating to using a drone to film something for commercial purposes all the time we've always had fa permission and everything's yeah. been legit but you yeah, know that like, part's cool because that person can be with you and you're okay right 
and that's that's what a lot of it is right now is that they become the technical pilot in command even though you're controlling the aircraft they're still kind of commanding the situation and they basically can tell you to land that shit if something happens and you know yeah. if, they, if you don't do it they take control um, yeah i think i think that some of the bay area companies they i think they should at least listen and focus in on on the actual hobbyists like us and instead of getting people that wear suits and ties and they go to these these expos and bullshit and they just have no goddamn clue. And I think they would be in a better position if they say, hey, you know what, let's let's search the Internet and find these guys, you know, that that are actually knowledgeable about this and hire them and bring them in or or use them as a, a consultant um, and kind of educate the public or their their audiences. Right. Because each company has their audience that they kind of are working on. Um, and the Bay area is huge. So again, any millionaires out there who are need some, <laughs> need some freaking guys who can help you out in terms of education and, uh, um, you know, any kind of insight, um, do let us know <laughs> blank check would be perfect. <laughs> well, and one of the, one of the things I'm like, uh, like grapple uh, kind of going back to the part 107 thing a bit, I'm grappling with it cause I'm studying for it right now. Cause I want to do more commercial filming using Mavic and my mini quads and other stuff to get shots that I couldn't otherwise get. Um, one of the things I'm working on is a spider hex that's gimbaled to travel at 60 plus miles an hour to get those really cool chase shots and nice. to do those that do that kind of work. I really need a part 107. Yeah. One of the scary things is, is that once you go part 107, it kind of supersedes all of your hobby flying. Like anytime you're in that national airspace, you start, you have to be representative of your part 107. So a lot of the rights that I have as a hobbyist and a pilot, I lose as soon as I, you know, gain a part 107. And yeah. that's, oh, yeah. that's kind of depressing. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it means I, mean, I have to take it seriously all the time. Yeah. If you have some, if you have somebody with you that can allow you to do that, um, such as a job like that and they can work with you or, you know, a friend that you can take along and kind of be your sidekick in your eyes. Um, you know, that, that's nice. And I was, I was reading the comments, you know, um, if you're putting up YouTube videos, um, and you're, you know, monetizing it, there's nothing against that. Like there's no, yeah. they're not going to bust you. You can do basically whatever you want. It's like the hard money that you are trying to earn from a company that's there. Say, Hey, go do this. Here's a check. Um, if you're just putting up your videos on YouTube, there's nothing against that. Um, we've been doing it for years and we will continue to do it for years. So there really isn't an issue there. Um, it's when you're asking for the big bucks. That's when they start to, you know, say, hey, you probably shouldn't be doing that because right. you got to pay us and then you got to pay to play, basically. Well, it's also like one that differentiates from directed professional use and hobby use. Like when you're when you are paid to go to a location to film X, Y, Z, that is a direct, you know, commercial thing. Versus like a hobby pilot that's just flying because they want to fly and throws that shit up on YouTube. And, yeah. you know, that's, you know, completely different. Um, you, know, it, you know, it's obviously a gray area and a lot of people see it as a gray area. And I think the only reason why Steel may have ran into any kind of real issues with, you know, the FAA was because he had a part <laughs> 107 and he has a YouTube channel and part of the like the Rotorite thing, even though it's on his personal page, part of the Rotorite thing is a business. So, yeah. well, like, basically, there's a lot that, tied that, into that. All that was was a fucking troll on the goddamn yeah. internet, and 
Even if you watch, <laughs> like if you watch the Twitch Twitch feed, like I watch uh, Swifty, um, he's a uh, WoW player, and people have actually called the cops to go to his house oh, yeah. while he's live streaming. So you <laughs> get those turds that are on the internet, and you know they they that somehow th- that thought hasn't crossed my mind, Ruben. Like I, I figure, like eventually, sooner or later, because I do a live show and it's on Twitch, there's always that chance someone's gonna be like, "Fuck Zoe and SWAT." <laughs> Yeah, um, like I, I've that, been. That's been happening. It ha- it's been happening more and more. It's becoming kind of an epidemic on the internet. Yeah. So you get the trolls who see something, and you know, like even when I put, uh, you know, I put an educational kind of like a something when I do something that you know kind of show the process of what I do, people will still will still thumbs down it, mm-hmm. and I'm like, like what did I do? Like I didn't use any curse words, I didn't use any annoying music. I was just telling you how my steps are. But you still get those turds that will thumbs down, and you're like, "What the fuck?" And then, um, you you there's trolls out there. There will always be trolls that are out there, um, and, and it's 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 just crazy. Like it will always happen. So that was kind of like, um, a person kind of ex, you know getting to that level where people were like, "Now we're gonna fuck with them." So well, I mean, like I like it happened to me at the beginning of the year. Someone hacked my Facebook account, my Instagram page, and like my computer, my phone. Like they had access to my Google account, which had access to my computer, my phone, like basically my entire digital life. Whoa. And that was fucking violating. And <laughs> it's taken me a while to really become more comfortable with that. And I like that 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 set me off on a really bad way for a while. Like I felt violated yeah. and I realized it was really only a couple of bad apples that were doing it and it kind of made me sour on a large part of the community and it sucked. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, the community, like, and I'm not saying the community is bad, but I'm saying there's definitely any community that gets large enough. There's always going to be a few bad apples that will throw wrenches into it, you know, from time to time. And, uh, the kind of thing that I want to get back to this year is making sure that the community is not lost in the mix of everything that we're trying to do from different events yeah. to the different, you know, product stuff that people are working on. You know, there's a lot of competition out there and seems like that's kind of tainted in my mind, you know, the community. I mean, it, it got really competitive a few months ago and it, it, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's how to, those, those there's guys that are out there that are just always fucking salty and like how do you how do you tell them look man i'm just trying to make a buck here i'm making a product and i'm trying to sell it like how can you hate on me like what you need to do is do the same thing and you know maybe you know and and feel what i'm going through so i think there there's always going to be those assholes that are out there it makes it so difficult um to continue you know doing business um with those turds out there yeah yeah but thankfully (laughs) they're few and far between you know they're few and far between but but when they show up they really stink (laughs) yeah and 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 they seem to have endless energy that's that's for sure i mean endless freaking energy they'll go on for days and i don't know like in in my case it has happened as well like at first i was like oh this is such a great community everything's amazing and then you know things started happening and gossip and things like that and it was like whoa 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 wait 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 like we're not even making money from this you know like why are we why are we treating it like we are on this you know amazing movie where millions of dollars are being exchanged and we're adding the drama 
I mean, this is purely out of passion. Like we're doing this with our time and everything. And you need to be this, you know, like what happened with Drone Worlds. I'm not saying that Drone Worlds was amazing. I'm not saying that it was the best event, but uh, there were so many things that were bashed about it that made no sense. You know, like someone even said like, there were no, um, you know, these buckets with sand. And I was like, yeah, there were. And they made it a huge deal. Like you guys didn't even have buckets of sand. And like, yeah, yeah there were. Didn't you see them? <laughs> like they yeah. were right there. Everyone was, was using them as ashtrays. <laughs> you know. Well, that was like the <laughs> event that that was the event that I think a lot of people in the community in general just like turned sour over. Like the RAP yeah, DSA group, like all the hate that came out of that. It was fucking yeah. disheartening. It was. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was too much energy. I mean, if you put that energy into volunteering for an event, things would be so different. Instead of spending freaking 48 hours typing on your keyboard about how yep. you would have done it better and how it yeah. would have been yeah. better if it had been like, dude, let it go. I mean, you know, like it's not that big a deal. You know, <laughs> every and time I'm, Chad I'm, now like, types something on Facebook, you can well, <laughs> scroll over two pages of comments and comments and bad comments <laughs> yeah. yeah but and and, and don't, don't get me wrong I, I here's the here's the thing don't get me wrong i i don't think that we should have a low bar we shouldn't set our standards low for uh organizations or for events i just think that we gotta acknowledge as pilots and organizers where we are I mean, the hobby situation is completely different, but if we're going to talk about a sport and doing this in a professional level or trying to get it there, we got to be very aware of where we are. You can't ask organizations to have all these things for pilots. Like you can't ask every pilot that registers to have at least six functioning rigs. Like mm -hmm. no one's going to do that. So yeah. if you as a pilot cannot afford that, how are you demanding that the organizations do it? And at Worlds, it was something so particular, like all these pilots, I was looking at their videos and they were crying, bad video, bad video. And I'm like, no, that is a bad video. What's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Have you ever FPV'd? I mean, I understand that you're nervous. And you all get really weird when we're in a competition. I've, I've been that pilot, you know, that yells stupid stuff in the middle of, of a competition. But it would be like, dude, you don't have that bad video. Why are you asking for a rerun? And ah. Things, things like, I don't know how to change the channels. Like, no are you way. kidding me? Add yeah. drone worlds. Like, that, yeah. that, that was one of the things that I don't think people really <laughs> talked about enough was the fact that it was oh, no, a lot no. of the bullshit it was, was mentioned. the pilot bullshit. Like there were so many pilots yes. that just didn't have their shit together for that event. And when they got to yes. the flight line, it caused so many fucking problems. And there's a video of Definitely. this really young kid who traveled from out of the country with his father to come to this event. And he's sitting there and he's basically the only person that brings it up. Like, we traveled all this way and we get to the flight line and this person doesn't have their video ready. Yeah, we're here, sitting yeah. here feeling punished for it. You know, just yeah. pull them from that thing. So, yeah, it was... That's the thing that the community really needs is look inwards and realize that it takes yeah. a village to put on an event like that. And we really have to come together, especially in an event where we have pilots from all over the world trying to compete yeah. and create an, a, basically a world-class event. You yeah. know, like... Yeah. To the wing guys. You guys are in and out. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Ruben. <laughs> Edward, Edward. So, so I mean, I only say that because, like, I know with the freestyle tent, like, a lot of the freestyle pilots gave up their free spare time to just hold down the tent and make sure things kept running, 
you know, yeah. like it was, yeah. it was one of those things, like if you didn't chip in, then stuff wasn't really getting done. And it's, yeah. it's unfortunate yeah. that that event went that way. You know, I know a lot, I know everyone there did not want that event to go the way it did. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I liked how the, uh, a lot of the locals helped out and, and were there, you know, like every day and they were just mm -hmm. constantly, you know, helping out with the event, you know, manning the gate uh, out there, you know, throughout the event and just, just helping out, which was really cool because, you know, like that event there, like how, how weird is it when a, a group from, you know, the main, the big Island, <laughs> you know, come over to the small Island and, and hang out with, with all the guys. And so, um, you know, finding help and, uh, and interacting and, and making sure that the event, flowed a little bit better um you know you, you can't really fault them um for, for helping out yeah and that was the and thing, those like, guys like I, I sorry sorry go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say like that's the thing like that event was largely run by volunteers i mean tom yeah. that was working the freestyle tent he wasn't getting paid you know like a lot of the people yeah. working the tents weren't getting paid you know it was it was largely a volunteer based event and you know unfortunately they didn't have as many volunteers as they really needed to pull things off and yeah. Yeah. the people that were there thank god for them because if they weren't yeah <laughs> oh my geez definitely what was it uh, uh honorio with the truck yeah yeah um, dude that guy was so cool dude. oh my god he and he like he drove the truck that wasn't supposed to be on the road <laughs> drove it <laughs> Got it there. He's using the rig to go fetch the quads and stuff. And I was like, dude, yeah. that's really awesome. Like, you know, yeah. having guys like just unreal. Yeah, no, it, it, it was, was really cool. Well, sweet. Yeah. The guys from, uh, from Aloha FPV were really cool. Like, I met Michael there. He runs a multi-GP chapter over there. And we had a long talk about all this. And he was like, he, he was so down about the, you know, people being so negative and everything. And he was like, we're just doing our best. Like we're trying to run this event the best way we can. And we're just, in the end, everyone was a volunteer. Even if you were a part of DSA, you were volunteering. Cause yeah. you know, I mean, it's Unless not like, you were Scott. It's not yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, so you yeah. guys are, are up for Korea on September? For, I, for I, I won't be going. So that was the yeah, Drone Worlds event? That was yeah. the one you're referring to. So that, from what I understand, that was going to be like the DSA Drone Worlds event in South, like they're just going to take it over. But now it's just kind of their own Drone Worlds event. And I, I, I kind of want to go to it. But again, I think they've only advertised racing so far. It is, you know, yeah, they have. Drone World Racing event. And... In my opinion, it's not a world event unless it has wings, freestyle, and racing. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like it, it has to bring back that, I think, the trifecta. I mean, I think that really worked. And um, that was one of the things that I really loved about the DSA. It wasn't that they were trying just to promote drone racing. It was trying to bring the whole FPV hobby as a sport up into the spotlight. Yeah. And that's something I really hope other organizations try to take on and do going forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Definitely. We're, we're trying. I, I wanted to talk with you about it, but we're, I've been having this idea for like a year already where I want to invite like 
a bunch of pilots just for a freestyle weekend and we can stay at this hacienda in mexico that it's really cheap and we can wow. like sleep sleep there eat there repair there and you know the, the inside of this of the place can be used as the track for freestyle Ooh. i think that has to be done Whoa. see now that's like, a great idea to be done but uh, see, that's actually kind of the uh, thing. Like, free- freestyle weekend. Yeah. See, that's the. That, I think that's the new thing for freestyle is having an FPV kind of weekend event where you get together yeah. with friends and you've got camping going on. You've got a flight line that's kind of openly managed, and people can throw down pretty much any time and have fun. Yeah. Um, that's something yeah. I. I think we're going to probably see more of. I know uh, Ford flight. They host uh, the FPV Jamboree every year, and they that's basically what it is. You go over to Oregon, you set up your camping uh, tent, and you fly FPV all weekend, having fun and enjoying the company of other pilots. And it's nice. it's 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 so different than racing. Racing, you have that competition like edge. You know, you're constantly. I don't know. I'm always on edge when I'm at a competition. Yeah, the vibe is <laughs> yeah different. Right. And so the vibe is just completely different. And so when you're able to just relax and enjoy the track and the freestyle element, you know, and hang out, it's it's something that I think really hasn't been explored to the fullest yet. And I would really love to see more happen. Um, so let me know yeah. if you ever do that, Angela. I'd love to go to Mexico and chill and fly. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> I mean, you must you must come down. <laughs> Heck yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Lorac Gaming says Drone Nationals 15 was a massive experiment and it had quite a few issues. That said, they had like no prior events to base themselves on. Um, and that's kind of true. Drone Nationals 2015 and same with 16 and Worlds, so there really weren't prior events to base them off of, at least successful events. I mean, Dubai was kind of successful i mean it happened um uh, from what i understand <laughs> I the, the, it, it, that, that pilots won. yeah like you know there's some top pilots won. It, it happened but like that event was the biggest one in fpv history at like 16 million dollars yeah. i've heard Holy um, yeah so and that's partly because they had to rebuild the track basically overnight and that cost them a whopping like one point something million dollars and <laughs> there yeah, there was like a I mean, lot they of they got access to the track days ahead of the event. I mean Yeah, and so I mean I've only have... I've only heard the I've only heard the number rumored at like sixteen million, but I, I know it was several million dollars at least, especially when you consider all the pilots they had to bring in, all the staffing, like it was a serious event. Um, and yeah, since that's, then, like that's sort of like Korea, like that's the nation getting behind the sport, trying to establish itself. I mean, that was, that whole thing was basically funded by uh, the tourism industry uh, council or whatever. Right, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the coming back to it. Really, kind of need governments to at least not hinder drone racing. They need to try to start supporting it as a industry going <laughs> forward because I feel like they could do a lot more educational wise. Mm-hmm. trying to support yeah. the industry and grow it as something that's, you know, included in the airspace versus something that's an unknown and scary and, ooh, oh, no, what is this thing? So, uh, well, yeah. like- And Korea's doing it right. They're, they're definitely doing it right because they're doing it from the government. They're investing in their own pilots. And they're also calling it drone sports. 
So they're including including all this stuff like the um, the summit that was over there with the competition and everything. I was invited to be there and it was so much fun, the race and, and the conferences that were given and, and all the talks and everything. And the fact they had more than just racing, it was freestyle, it was racing, it was um, it was like weightlifting and all this other stuff, like everything happening. And it was just so well organized, but it was because there was money behind it. Like, I think after two years of doing things, um, I think that a lot of us have gained the experience. We just need the money <laughs> to run so the show. Like, it's kind of And funny. I'm not talking about... I'm not even talking about money as, oh, now I have money for myself. No, I'm talking about having money to buy the equipment, to pay the people that are going to be there, to have them fully committed to making it work. Like all those things, that's what's going to make it professional, you know, and Korea is definitely doing it right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, like, Yin Chan yeah, just said, uh, you want U.S. government to promote drone racing. Yes, I want the U.S. government to promote drone racing. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, if you think about, and this is going to sound really cynical and deep and kind of ugly for a second, but uh, like the rates of drone pilots dropping out of the Air Force is quite high, and the U.S. government really needs to do more to promote promote more people getting into that department. Uh, so one of the ways they could do that is simply by supporting drone racing going forward and kind of, you know, using that as a venue to, I hate to say it, but recruit the next mm. generation of uh, UAV pilots, you know, DARPA, and, look out. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it sounds, you know, I mean, that's kind of like a cynical approach, but like the U S army has used video games in the past to do that. And I could honestly see them doing the same thing with drone racing, having a, U.S. Army Drone Racing League that, you know, is very well funded and promotes drone racing going forward. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I, I'm not, I, I'm very much against militarization of drones, but yes. <laughs> they're militarized and the U.S. Yeah, government has really a problem. Yeah, that's really scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying. That's, like, that's sounded really scary because, because I mean, let, let's be clear on something. Like the U.S. is very, very fond of their military. We know that from the outside. You guys look very crazy. Um, I mean, you watch can, what right? you say, Angela. I might send my yeah. drone over yeah. there. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like um, this, this whole thing. You know that just because you're in the army, you're automatically a hero, and no questions asked. <laughs> and outside of outside of the U.S., we're like, really, we have a lot of questions to ask. You know, like, and you yeah. should be asking questions too. So <laughs> definitely, I think that's a scary idea. I don't want it to go that way. Well, I, no. I mean, I, and I say that and going forward, like the, the highest rate of PTSD in the military right now is actually drone pilots. So, yeah, um, I, it's not something I, I want to promote. I just know like the military has a really big problem keeping those positions filled and they actually have like a, a deficit of pilots right now. Yeah. So like that just might be an avenue for them in the future. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. just, it's an inevitability, I think that's all. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I'd rather have drones drop food and cargo than bombs. <laughs> I mean, come yep. on, there's so much good that these machines can do versus the bad that they've been used for in the past. Um, that, yeah, that is totally doable. Yeah. That is 100% doable and yeah. easy to do. Mm -hmm. So like, like, yeah, like refugees, you know, they need whatever, you know, Coast Guard, you know, there's a lot of companies that are out there that help refugees who are just, you know, stuck or, you know, uh, in different parts of the countries 
uh, around the world, you know, places that are really hard to get to, um, you know, that'd be, see, that's perfect. Like, why can't we do that? And why aren't we focusing more resources into getting stuff like that out to people? Yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy. One of my bigger questions, considering how technologically advanced and far along drone technology is right now, that we're not using that, using them right now for that kind of thing. I mean, I I, I foresee in the the near future, like disaster relief, you know, a town, for example, has their complete cell network taken down. Drones can repair a cell network within a matter of minutes by creating an ad hoc network that, you know, meshes together. Same mm-hmm. thing can yeah. be done using drones to find survivors in a catastrophe. You put on just very basic vision recognition paired with thermal cameras. You send them out into a disaster zone. You can highlight areas where survivors are located so then the people on the ground can get to those people without having the hassle of trying to find those people. You know, So they, their time can be spent more valuably. Uh, the same thing can be said with dropping supplies, finding the survivors, finding where they're at, dropping supplies to them. I mean, there's so many things, so many great things you can use drones for today if the money was there to do it. And I, I I can see the future of it being done and I I could see all these things in the next 10 years becoming a thing. Um, so I think the companies don't think it's profitable for them, so they do not do it. They don't, they don't yeah. have interest. They're not going to make their money back if they contribute all of this work and, and have all these people there. They, they, so, they, you know, know, what a, know what a system designed to find people in a place using thermal, camel, uh, thermal cameras is good for? Military battlefields. <laughs> a, lot of these, a lot of these technologies can go be, be tied right back to military use, and there's funding for that. So, you know, I'm not, yeah. not saying that there's, you know, bad ways to use it i'm just saying there's there's ways this technology should be included and incorporated into our everyday you know use um that's that that's like a perfect that's that's a a beautiful point right there that using you know what we have and what we're familiar with because we know the technology and we know what's out there um you know like say okay we got we got an issue going on and they've done this in the past um like earthquakes uh in, in other countries and they okay we need some people to to hop on this, you know, bring your rig, hop on the airplane, and we're going to send you out there, and you can help for a couple of days, and we'll bring you back. Um, there, there are some some guys like that that do run events oh, yeah. like that, but it's it's not a lot because, you know, when is there going to be like a mass massive just type of incident that's going to happen? Um, so, I mean, it seems yeah, kind of. And as Zena Tan says, search and rescue drones have been are not extremely common, but they've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, that's generally true. I'm, I'm more talking about like automated search and rescue systems, something that yeah. doesn't, you know, more of mesh net. You're t- using multiple drones to accomplish a, uh, a solution to a problem versus a single camera operator using it as an eye in the sky. Um, yeah. You know, the people there, I don't know. I, I know there's probably some companies working on these things. And if they're listening, please contact me. I'd love to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are some really neat technologies that, you know, don't get enough of the spotlight. And, you know, drones can do a lot of good if they're given the chance. Oh, yeah. And yeah, again, like, we have something um, that's kind of interesting along those lines. Uh, there is a, an organization that has created sort of like the Civil Air Patrol. So if you're a drone pilot, hobby, whatever, commercial, um, you sign up to be part of this thing. And if there's ever a disaster or emergency, 
and they can call up the people in that area to bring their drones and do search and rescue and stuff. Yeah, we we have that too. Um, I think they're I think they're called. Well, they're on the East Coast. Um, I don't know if, if they have different spots, but I think they're called the Air Bears, I believe. Airbears.com or something like that. They, they're the, the same principle. A lot of a lot of hobbyists, they go on this list and they, they, they do the kind of like the same thing. Yeah, it's cool. also here in Mexico. There's a guy that started doing that in Mexico as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's being used, but it's not used to its full potential, I think. Like, like Zoe saying, like swarms, you know, not just one. Yeah. Have a swarm of automated drones, you know, like actual drones. <laughs> Coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so no. airbears.com <laughs> is for sale. So it's definitely not airbears.com. <laughs> is it not airbears? Airbears.org, as someone says in chat. Airbears.org. Okay. <laughs> well, in America, I'm not sure how well that would work because, uh, you know, there's the, the same situation that exists for hobby pilots and things. Unless the government, a government agency is involved, you know, having a bunch of drone pilots show up with their drones, they might go, oh, no, you know, we have a helicopter coming in the sky, you know, whatever. Whereas here, the government agency is actually involved with it. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, I think there's been several job. people, at least in California, that have had uh, lawsuits uh, filed against them for interfering with uh, emergency rescue workers using their drones. Um, you know, as much as it's kind of thing like that, these are great, you know, devices, but unless someone asks you to use them in a situation like that, you know, don't do it. (laughs) Um, or at least, you know, ask your local authorities if it's okay for you to go up and fly because you don't want to be that person that ends up in jail because they're just trying to help out. Yeah. Um, You know, like, like up, up in the Sierras where, where, um, well, I guess, well, NorCal actually anywhere in the Sierra, well, mainly the Sierras. But, you know, the guys that get, they get lost in the wilderness or, or just actually um, Midwest, you get hikers, they get lost and they're out for a couple of days and you don't know where they're at and people are searching. Um, I think what, what we have and what they probably should use, especially at nighttime, you know, ask for help, send them up, you know, give them like a, a, a night camera um, or so, just something that they can, you know, help out with the search and rescue teams. I think, um, they, well, they probably do that now, but like a thermal, like a dedicated thermal camera that they can just slap on and have it relay to a video transmitter and just kind of do some routes and you can well, like maybe the, find Well, like the, the Inspire has a thermal camera that you can attach to it. And oh, it does? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a really big thing. Like you can, ha- you can basically wow. get an out-of-the-package amazing thermal imaging system from DJI. And a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of municipalities don't know that because a lot of yeah. people are still trying to get That's custom cool. built thermal imaging systems without realizing they can spend a quarter of that and have something that works way better from DJI. Um, oh, wow. The Inspire, the Inspire is a great tool. I have it and it's a great tool. And this thing that you can just change cameras, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, it does great things. It's amazing. Yeah. The, um, I think Lock. Laura, Laura Lock, was that Laura Gaming? The Rock Gaming. Um, yeah, um, the the fixed wing would be pretty cool, especially if you have like a loiter um, setting on it on your on your flight controller. So let's just say it's getting dark, and you know all the all the kind of the guys that walk the path, you know they come in, they're resting, they're regrouping. You know you could send a wing up and kind of like loiter in different areas, and you have your ground crew kind of like you know, picking out the spots. And then let's say on the bottom of the, 
of the of the wing, you can drop a a um, glow in the dark stick or a horn or an air horn or just something like if you see something, you can at least drop it and it's marked. Um, you know, I, and I, the the flight time, the endurance would be, you know, a lot more. Uh, longer than 20 minutes you probably that's, be up that's the cool thing i've seen oh. wings used to uh for conservation efforts over in africa uh they use mm-hmm. them for the longer flight times to catch poachers uh yeah. i've seen a documentary where they've used drones in the arctic to survey uh, uh icebergs and stuff instead of having to send helicopters out which could potentially crash and kill people inside of them um, yeah. so drone, it's really cool seeing drones used for search and rescue efforts and just in general scientific research. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's going to become cool. more and more common. I mean, hopefully, cause like I, I keep like a, the one in the Arctic, like they said it cost over a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and it looks oh. like a foamy and I'm just sitting there going like, Hmm, I could build that for like 300 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. When the EV came out, because I'm a geographer, so that's that's why we, we got into drones, you know, as a company and everything. And, and then drone racing happened and, you know, everything went to hell. <laughs> but, um, but that's why we started this. And we have big wings, like two meter wings, and they're, they're beautiful and they do great things. But that's that's the thing. Like when the EV came out, I was like, are you kidding me? It costs that much? Are you yeah. serious? And then when it breaks, like I have to give it to you to fix it for like all this money. And then also you can't control it. Like, yeah. See, um, that's- seriously, like I can't have a manual mode. I can't have a, a transmitter with like, are you, that's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's lot, not how you do it. <laughs> a lot of companies like, like your company, um, they would, they would end up buying that and they would be like, okay, well I bought this. Let's, you know, let's utilize it. And after like so many uses of it, it would start to, you know, degrade, it would start to deteriorate and they'd have to go send it in and, and fix it. And so they'd come to me and say, Hey, can you make me something that's a little bit more durable? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. That's yeah, <laughs> you <don't> realize, <laughs> you know, this is, this is super easy. And so, um, you know, that demand for having an inexpensive, uh, like UAV was, was, was like the best thing that, uh, you know, for me to kind of help out into a realm. And uh, they're like, like, cause I was charging like under a thousand dollars for just like the frame. And that's, you know, it's a lot of work. So I'm, I'm, you know, doing it like that. And plus they're used to buying like $10,000, you know, frames and, you know, 40, like the EB, I believe was like 30, I think like 35,000. And then it went up to like 50 something thousand. If you decided to get a camera or however they charged you. And then uh, there's another company called, uh, believe it or not, it's called the C Astrial. Um, oh, yeah. it's about, it's about 120, 120,000. They're in Europe. Uh, they're in Europe. And then, yeah. um, quest UAV is another aircraft that's out there in England. A, in England. They're about, uh, I'm going to guess and say like in the mid 40, 50 range. Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, ag Eagle they're is really a cool. Yeah. Cause they're, it, you know, it, they're it, really, really cool. it, it like snaps together and it's a, you know, it's a big, large frame. Yeah, but, uh, but you know who started doing like exactly the alternative, like what, what we're doing in Mexico? It's this guy. What's his name? Simon Huntridge. Okay. He started. He started using the Skywalker X8 and the X6, uh-huh. and he was just 
you know, buying everything else at Hobby King or whatever. I don't know. Like it wasn't, it's not, it's, I mean, it's not, it's a no brainer, you know? So he was, he was offering this amazing solution for mapping and environmental assessment that was way, way cheaper. And the thing is like, he knows a lot about this. So if he sells you this thing, it's like, yeah, well, I'm selling it and I'm giving you the knowledge and I'm training you. And if anything happens, you know, it's way cheaper to fix. I mean, you don't have to send it back to me and I'm going to charge you like a, a ton of money. Yeah. So I, I think that's definitely the way to go. And it's when it comes to drones, um, as if you want to look at it as a business, definitely multi-orders are, it's saturated. I mean, it's crazy. And in Mexico where there, there are no laws, <laughs> I mean, everyone has a multi-rotor and everyone suddenly knows how to do um, maps and all that stuff. And, you know, they're all scientists now. Um, but when, when it comes to wings, not everyone can build a wing or fly a wing that big with that kind of equipment. So it does take a little bit more of, of, of effort and knowledge. And I think that's where the, the thin line is, is, is coming. And, and for us, it's been way better to focus on on planes and wings and stuff like that than mm-hmm. just multi-orders, you know. We still yeah. have an Inspire, but I think definitely um, wings are the way to go for many of the scientific purposes, you know. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. That's the, the ag the ag industry. Um, it's funny because a lot of the companies, this is where a lot of my background is, is because I deal with a lot of guys and they're like, they, they think that the, the member of the Skywalker, you know, the, 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 just the regular Skywalker, they're like, oh, this is it. You got to get this. This is, this is going to solve all your problems. But what happens in the wind, heavy wind condition, it just, it, it's getting, getting tossed around by the wind and because it, the the side surface on the on the on the uh, Skywalker itself tends to kind of like drift, and uh, they were having a lot of complaints with it, and it's just big and bulky, and there's a lot of um, surface area on it, like the tail. Um, you know, there's two servos back there, and you know it starts to get fatigued again because it's made out of a cheap product, and um, you know they're they're starting to resort to wings. And uh, that's that's the funny part because I've been watching this trend of a new company come out. They design and spend all this money on R and D on this new craft, and uh, it's funny because they always end up going to a wing in the end, and they spent all that money and it's now lost. <laughs> so um, I've I've been watching that with all the companies um, since I started, and it's just pretty funny how they don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they don't wake up to it, but. It's they just will. They will. They will. Yeah, they will. It's it's smart. Money wise, it's smart. And if it's smart money wise, then they will. <laughs> oh yeah. See, like the the industry, like ag and scientific research, like they figured out wings and their purpose. I'm just surprised the racing industry hasn't picked up on it yet. <laughs> like yeah. like all those guys know it, know the wings have it going on, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it will it's, happen. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah. Worlds, well, Worlds the, for me was all about the wings. Like for me, it was it was so much fun. What was the name of this guy that was narrating everything? David was it? David. Um, David is from uh, Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's from Canada. He did a great job. He was just like going like, this is Team Mexico going. And then we have, I don't know who. And he was just like going super fast and narrating everything, getting everyone super excited. And I was like, yay. So <laughs> David, David Whitten. David Whitten yeah. was his name. He was, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love it when he's, he's our announcer. He's, oh my he, God. <laughs> he's extremely knowledgeable and he can identify each 
each crackling. Like, oh, wow. There he is coming. Yeah. To you. Uh, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Very good guy. I, I, I couldn't believe how he was doing it. I was like, how do you even know? Like, no one can see. Well, I'm blind. But <laughs> I was, was going to say, announcing know. takes a very special skill that a yeah, lot of people don't yeah. have. Um, he's, with, uh, he's with Shelby right now. Um, oh, nice. in, they're in Virginia right now. Damn you, Shelby, getting nice, all those nice. shout outs on my show. All that free promotion. <laughs> just I suck got, it I, up, I, Shelby. I, just I, suck it up. If you listen to this, Shelby, just know I love you. And that. You know what's funny? I know Shelby because um, he released a video from this organization he had that I think no longer exists that was called Formula. No, FPV? F1FPV. Yeah. yeah, and they had this great video that he released with this other guy. What's his name? He's from Team Black Sheep. Oh, oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I know who he is. Uh, <laughs> Damn it, I pa- can't pa- remember pa- his Patrick? Name. No, no. Um, um, P. Shaw. P. Yeah, Patrick Shaw. Patrick Shaw. I, I'm go. so sorry, yeah, P. Shaw. P. You're my <laughs> freaking team pilot. Like, I'm on your team. I should know your name. He's an amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. pilot. He really is. And they, they released this video of their group just flying and everything, but they did a great job. Like if anyone can find it, it was called like F1 FPV intro or something like that. And every time I gave a talk, cause I've given a lot of talks in drone racing. Every time I would give a talk, I would just like start with that video. Like guys, you want to know what this is about? This is what it's about because he would show how exciting it is, but also, you know, the, the regular guys sitting on their chairs and everything, but in a very exciting way. You know? yeah. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that was, that was, that was a great video. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember Shelby from that. <laughs> Believe cool. it or not, when you're sitting down, like for all of us, if you're sitting down and you're racing, there's a lot of things going on in your body. <laughs> it's not like you, they look, re- they look relaxed. Oh man, <laughs> your thumbs yeah. are just going crazy. That was one of the things yeah. that you really showed off in the first row nationals was uh, some of the footage of pilots, just their thumbs absolutely shaking out of control. <laughs> and it's like Sean Taylor and other pilots, they fly with uh, less rates and a little expo just to get rid of any kind of jitters that they might get. Um, yeah, I know like the rates on my racing machines are lower than the rates on my freestyle rigs. So that's, Definitely a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, definitely. I, I saw Spook shaking so bad at Drone World. He was <laughs> oh, insane. He, he was saying that he had bad video. Afterwards, I saw the DVR and he did have really, really bad video. He was very nervous uh, to land. And I don't know why. I mean, he's so good. And he was just, I mean, his hands were going all over the place. We we're all just looking at him like, dude, just, just <laughs> land. Just fucking disarm it doesn't matter like it's all grass nothing's gonna happen he's just like <laughs> shaking so bad and then this video that got released recently of chris garza um racing did anyone see that one it was just so much fun like gar's going like so intense it was it was crazy i mean we do we do the weirdest of things honestly oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's that's what it's crazy because like for, for racing you don't really experience it or you don't, you wouldn't think your body would do that when you're on the line. And, uh, it, it's, it's so freaking weird. It's like the weirdest experience. So I love it. I love the rush <laughs> of racing. I mean, I'm starting to get into freestyle and I'm really, really enjoying it. And thank God for liftoff. Cause I can practice there. 
but uh, definitely drone racing. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's just so much fun. Yeah. That, that's why I always say like, I love freestyle, but nothing beats the adrenaline rush of uh, drone racing. Mm. Um, definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, um, I think we're closing in towards the end of the show. Um, anything else was, you want to add? It was so freaking fast. Say again, Santiago, <laughs> what? what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these guys are getting fast. It was man. so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two hours? Yeah, two hours? Yeah, no, that, that just whizzed by. I mean, we've got a lot oh, of people the on the show, and, like, yeah, so that 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 was a very quick one. Like, I had stuff I was going to get through. Like, I still have to announce the winner of the prop giveaway this week. Um, oh, so nice. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, let me let me start wrapping this up. Thank you all for okay. being guests on the show. I actually kind of want to have you, some of you, back again because that was fucking awesome. Um and I think we had a lot of really great uh, conversations. We covered a lot of different topics and it flowed really well. So thank you for joining me. Um, and thank you all in Twitch chat for joining the show and uh, keeping us company and asking all those questions that you do. Please like, subscribe, follow us on all the things on Show. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a shout out to Scrat FPV as the winner of this week's giveaway. Scrat, congratulations. I will be sending you $150 worth of propellers. I'll be oh, contacting wow. oh you God. and uh, <laughs> making sure that your year supply, if you crash relatively lightly, of propellers will get to you. Um, next week's giveaway, I'm just going to pre-announce, is going to be a first-generation Parrot Bebop with three spare uh, batteries and Sky Controller. So oh. <laughs> that's going to be a legit giveaway, and I'm really looking forward to that. So um, it works. It's actually one that I acquired from Drone Nationals 2015, and... Oh. Uh, I have a Mavic now, and I think it would make somebody really happy to have. So, yeah, doing a giveaway next week for oh, that. That's really cool. That's really cool. That's a part of history right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, giving away history. Uh, will it be signed? Yes, it'll be signed. It'll even have uh, the registration numbers that uh, Bebop or Parrot used during Drone Nationals. Like it has, wow. uh, it has a special mod that allows you to swap the battery without turning off the drone. So, huh? like... The, these uh -huh. little these pair of bebops they have a little history to them huh. um so yeah thank you all for watching um check out angela on youtube little a on instagram and on facebook and all the things and if you're a female pilot and you haven't joined already please check out the amelia drone heart group on facebook it has 400 and growing and i have to say when angela told me they existed i freaked the f out because like yay there's a community of female pilots they exist and uh it is a really great group of women and it's really nice to be able to share you know what's going on with everybody in that group so please join that and again check out the fpv raw podcast from ruben and his craziness i really enjoyed being on the show this weekend uh we talked about some crazy stuff and it was it was a lot of fun i hope to be on again in the future and a uh, big shout out to Sean at Bullet Drones for joining us on the show. I want to have him back on again in the future because we really didn't get to talk about the Excalibur as much as I wanted to. But uh, <laughs> we did we did cover it a little bit. It did come up. And 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah, again, okay. big shout out to Santiago as always for being the co-host of the show and doing all Thank the awesome stuff he does. I mean, he picks up the Jose. slack. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to, well, to see anything else on this show or wants new episodes or people you would like to see on this show, please like, subscribe, comment down below. Tell us what do you want to see or what do you want us to do? Because, well, this is a community podcast, so we really appreciate what, what you guys want and like. Right on. Yeah. And, <laughs> I guess uh, dance off. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the dance off. I'll, I'll definitely do the dance off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I dance really I, I, I'm dancing on yeah, camera yeah, yeah. for everybody, so I'm, I'm getting the party started. <laughs> So uh, next episode, we'll have a dedicated guest dance-off with a winner of that battle announced live. No. Um. <laughs> so thank you all for watching and tuning in for yet another awesome show. Uh, again, subscribe on iTunes. Find us on Airvoos, YouTube, all the platforms, all the time. Wherever you are, we want to be there. And again, great shout out to our uh, awesome guests, Angela, Ruben, and Sean. Thank you for being on the show. Thank it means you. a lot to me. Thank you, guys. Thanks, um, guys. Thank you. And Dude, this was really nice. <laughs> this is cool. It's turned out really good. I was kind of curious whether or not the show could support as many guests as we've had, but I think it kind of worked. <laughs> um, and tune in next week. So next week's uh, guest, I'm still locking down. And as I have an event coming up this weekend, it's going to be kind of hectic for me to do that but i am hoping to get a x class podcast together so we'll have a dedicated episode with a lot of the members from x class not just a couple of them and uh hopefully maybe we'll have some uh people on from drone tripping uh like a reunion episode yeah, with uh, colby, colby shelby and uh, trey player from airvus all right. So nice. that should nice. be a lot of fun. And I haven't told them yet, but I have been planning to get <laughs> Colby and Trey and Shelby on the show for a while. So um, hopefully you are listening so I don't have to tell you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll be seeing uh, a lot of those guys this weekend. And, uh, yeah, again, check it out, Show for all the X-Class goodness. And uh, thank you all for watching. Tune in uh, next week for more awesome shows. And I'm trying to find the camera so I can get out of here. Okay, cool. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Taste that class.